the podcast for the 80s hit television show, Scarecrow Mrs. King. I'm Taya Johnston, and I'm joined by my very good friends, Lexi Fema, Jen Peterson, and Miranda Thomas. We will be discussing season four's Rumors of My Death. We're getting closer and closer to the series finale. This episode was originally filmed 15 out of 22, but shown 14 out of 22. It originally aired on Friday, January 23rd, 1987. Bert Brinkerhoff directed this episode. We've discussed him before many times since he's directed eight SMK episodes, starting with the pilot, season three's Utopia Now and Wrong Number, and five from season four, Stemwinder 1 and 2, Rumors of My Death, Do You Take the Spy, and A Matter of Choice, which was filmed last in the series. So it's only fitting that Mr. Brinkerhoff, who directed the first episode of the series, should direct the last. He was born in October 1936 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's credited with 85 directing credits, according to IMDb, but we won't get into those since we've already discussed them several times. Tom Chiak, whom we've also discussed previously, wrote this episode along with four other SMK episodes, which include Three Little Spies, It's in the Water, Billy's Lost Weekend, Rumors of My Death, and Do You Take the Spy? He's got 15 producer credits, 30 writing credits, and three director credits. He even has two acting credits, one for WWE Wrestling and one for WKRP in Cincinnati. As for the guest stars, we'll start with Robin Curtis, who played Alice Trask Babcock, Hooker turned Senator's wife. She was born in June 1956 in New York. She started her acting career on Ghost Story in 1981. She guest starred in a lot of 80s television shows, including The Equalizer, Knight Rider, MacGyver, Airwolf, Star Trek Next Generation, Babylon 5 with Bruce, Murder, She Wrote, and Seventh Heaven. Her last gig was on Funny Science Fiction Podcast in 2021. Brooks Gardner, who played Taggart, the wannabe Lee Stetson, has 28 acting credits, which include TJ Hooker, Jake and the Fat Man, Dallas, Hunter, MacGyver, Days of Our Lives, Walker, Texas Ranger, and his last gig was Carcerum, a podcast series in 2020. Douglas Steele, who played Basil Weathers, a British classical actor born in October of 1913 in London, England, uh, and died at the age of 85 in June of 1999 in New York City, New York. He studied at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and took his first professional bow at London's Embassy Theatre in a production of The Drums Begin in 1934. He was nominated for a Tony in 1984's Noises Off. He has 33 acting credits, uh, which includes starring roles in Cheers, Growing Pains, Hunter, Family Ties, and Golden Girls. He was also the voice of the Sultan in Disney's Aladdin. And finally, Jacqueline Chauvin, played Becky Sue, who confuses Lee for one of her customers, offering him some fried chicken and a little love in the afternoon. This was her first and second to the last acting role. She went on to act only one more time in Ted and Venus in 1991. And that does it for the guest stars. In this episode, Lee's identification is found on a dead body, and he and Amanda investigate the rumors surrounding his quote-unquote death. For this episode, we have the shooting draft script uh, dated November 26, 1986. And there are some changes for sure that we'll go over. So this episode, funny enough, this episode opens like, I don't, I mean, we have to probably look at it sometime and see. This, they use this footage of the cars coming up on the expressway they use it all the way from season one all the way through through season four it's so funny but so many have used it 
they have it in different lighting situations. Like, don't they have one where it's like lighter out and then like lighter than that, and they have a, a nighttime one too? It's like that same view or no? I don't I remember I that. Like they do. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll have to look. I don't remember. <laughs> they probably went to Washington D.C. once and got a whole bunch of shots. They they went. Yeah, they did go. Oh, they yeah. did go once, and then the rest is just like um, <laughs> again, and again, it's, again. It's just you know stuff that is just stock footage you know but it's always the same one because um well they cut this one off short they shorten this one because usually there's a little doodle bug that comes uh up on it like a little light blue one that always comes up on on it getting on the highway i don't know they really didn't need that they didn't need to have that entrance in there because they have the construction site which is all they really needed so it was kind of extra unnecessarily sur- superfluous you know, a little bit. <laughs> bad editors, bad. Bad editors, bad, bad. Yeah. So this construction site, uh, you know, they have this going and then they have a huge skyscraper type thing going on. But what's happening that we want, we're interested in is at the bottom of, of the site. And that's, uh, there's just like a concrete Obviously, they did it just because it's way easier to uh, to film and way easier to set up. It's all in the open, but they have this uh, concrete slab there, and the guy's drill goes right through it. It's only, like, what, four or five inches thick? <laughs> yeah, you would have had to work to create that vault thing there. Yeah, <laughs> because no one would be able to walk on that if, that if he just put a drill through it and then it goes through. There's no way any weight could have been on there. <laughs> It's just kind of funny. But the guy goes, uh, his drill falls through, and then he kind of gets nosy and looks down, and then he falls in. <laughs> so then they're all screaming and yelling, trying to, to help him. There is a point in there where you can tell, like, it's styrofoamy type material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're trying not to touch it too much. But then the guy comes out, and he does he does not look like he had a good time down in that, that vault. <laughs> He want he just gets away as fast as he can, and then they all start kind of looking down to see what's going on. He does take the time to put his hat back on, though. Yeah. Hat. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that's ingrained in them. You know, yeah. they have to be covered. I would have bolted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, especially seeing that creepy. Oh my god, that's so gross, isn't it? It's a pretty good skeleton. I mean, you know, they could have done. They could have made it look cheesy. It it kind of looks like yeah. uh, one mm-hmm. that just rotted, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. A good one. Yeah. Ugh, it's gross. Though. Even 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 all my episodes of Bones that I've watched, I'm still I'm like, well, it's not bad for a 1980s skeleton. <laughs> I mean, they did pretty good. Yeah, it, it looks kind of juicy. Yeah. Did you just say juicy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it looks because it. It looks like it still has clothes on it, and it still looks like it has, dare I say, meat on it. Meat on the bone. <laughs> it, it, because we we know, jumping ahead, we know that it's six years that this thing's been rotting. So I would imagine that's probably what it would look like, you know, instead of just having a skeleton in there that is clearly, you know, way too long decomposed mm-hmm. for way too long than six years. That I think they did pretty. I think they did pretty well. You know, it seems believable. Yeah. Yeah. The guy, the, the, um, supervisor's like, I guess this building wasn't as empty as we thought, but um, (laughs) (laughs) they obviously have the police come out and there's a, an officer that comes over and you can hear over the uh, radio, a woman's asking, she's telling them that 
that homicide's still 30 minutes away and which is is important i think because in a minute we're going to see trask come in and he's definitely not 30 minutes away you know he says he's with homicide so the the real the true homicide team that they called out there is 30 minutes away and he just happens to he probably heard it over the radio and was like oh crap shit's about to hit the fan and then decides he's got to go and then uh she's asking they want she's saying they want a uh, confirmation that there there's actual remains and he goes over and looks and he's like affirmative full skeleton decomposition <laughs> so they're gonna get they've called for the emmy to come out as well and then the guy's like what is that what's that on this hand and nobody can nobody wants to go down there i don't blame them i would not want to be down there i would imagine it would be stinky stale at the very least yeah it's closed in so yeah. the air would be pretty right be pretty toxic <laughs> yeah so the officer goes down there and he starts messing around with the the briefcase and looks in it, which obviously he's somewhat of a rookie because you're not supposed to be doing that. He has his fingerprints all over that thing now. I mean, I am not a cop, but I've certainly watched enough Cagney and Lacey to know you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden you hear Trask, who we know uh, now know as Trask, uh, call down and he's like, don't they teach you anything about preserving evidence? He's very nonchalant about it, though. You know, he when he comes, he gets out of his car and everything. He's not looking worried or anything. He plays it really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you were watching for the first time, and have no idea. Yeah, Trask is a lieutenant, and he said he heard it on the squawk. He goes, "That this wasn't such an old building. Six years, they knocked down the parking garage to expand." He goes, "Was there any identification on the body?" He goes, "No, it's too wet. His clothes are rotted off. There's nothing left. Just this." He goes, dispatch, this is Edgar. Records can proceed with a temp ID. The dead man is Lee Stetson. What? 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 <laughs> no. Say what? <laughs> so we're, we've already got script changes, guys. The whole entrance of Lee to Amanda's, which I love this scene. I think it's kind of, it's nice to see just a quick little glimpse uh, of all of them together. Because you never see all five of them together, you know, rarely true in a scene so this is one of the rare times so lee pulls up in front of amanda's and uh the boys are are headed out uh dotty's headed out amanda's coming out you know all this is happening it's pretty exciting so what happens in the script is a little different so uh lee says hi and then jamie says hi my mom will be out in a minute she's on the phone with my dad and then he says 360 turbo and philip off camera says 380 blown i'll bet and then Philip is running his hands lovingly over contours of the car. Lee smiles and pops the hood catch, then gets out of the car and helps Philip raise the hood. Lee says, good guess. It's actually stock 360 horses. Jamie beams with some custom goodies from this crazy garage. So I don't have any idea what she turns. Jamie says, looking under the hood, awesome. And then Philip says, what a mill, which I don't know what that means. Does anybody know what that means? What a mill? I have no idea. M-I-L-L. I'm going to Google it. I was going to say, I feel maybe Google can help us. I don't know. But it sounds like it should be like slang from the 80s that a teenager would know. But yeah. I don't know but that, I, and I yeah. was around in the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> all three of us, uh, three of us were. I, I've never heard that. 
Any luck, Lex? Well, Urban Dictionary says to constantly Facebook and text message every girl in high school, so I don't think that's it. Well, Philip was ahead of his time, by golly. A building provided with machinery. Yeah, we know what that is. A device or machine for reducing something. It doesn't look like it's slang. Let me type slang. What is a mill slang? What a mill. A mill, a slang for a million dollars, but that's just M-I-L. Yeah, that. Yeah, this is M-I-L-L. Weird. Okay. I think it was somebody that didn't know what they were talking about. Right. <laughs> that's right. I think you're right. Anyways, and then Amanda comes out. So instead of Dottie coming out, so Amanda comes out, coming toward the drive from the walk. The boys are wrapped with mysteries of the Corvette. Amanda says, boys, give Mr. Stetson. This is what the script says. So it's a typo in the script. Boys, give Mr. Stetson have his car back. We're in a hurry. <laughs> so I think it was let Mr. Stetson have his car back. We're in a hurry. Philip and Jamie close the hood. Amanda says, breakfast is on the table. Your grandma will be here when you get home from school. Be good. See you tonight. And then Philip shaking his hand. Thanks, Mr. Stetson. You really get it on. You really get it on this. Wait, wait, wait. I got to read this better. Thanks, Mr. Stetson. You really get it on in this thing, huh? (laughs) I mean, at least probably like, yeah, with your mama. (laughs) And and he says, Lee says, 55. That's the law. And then Jamie shakes his hand. Sure. Tell us another one. Jamie and Philip run toward the house. A- angle to the hood. It's dotted with greasy boys' palm prints. And then Lee laughs as he cleans his hand on a handkerchief. And then he says, born mechanics. And Amanda says, teenagers. Dirt is a vital part of their personalities. She kisses him. Morning. And thanks for the ride to s- on such no- short notice. I made the mistake of letting Philip change my antifreeze and wound up with a radiator full of window cleaner. So I've lost my car for the day. Lee cranks the engine and backs out of the drive. <laughs> okay. Okay. That might have been good to know before he let him look at the car <laughs> under the hood. Just a thoughts. There's a whole little section here. It, it's kind of nice to hear different things that they were supposed to have said, you know, between the two of them. As it passes on the street in Amanda's neighborhood, Lee off camera says, sounds like you've had a morning. And Amanda off camera says, mother was rattling around at the crack of dawn, loading the wagon with junk for the white elephant sale at the church. And Lee says, and Joe just called. And and with Amanda, a beat says, yeah, I was going out as I was going out the door. Lee says, what's he up to these days? She says, we've been trying to get together for lunch for weeks. I mean, he's been after me for lunch. He goes, oh. And then a beat says, and she says, I think we've we got it tomorrow. He's pushing for like he's got something big on his mind. I don't know what. He goes, I've got an idea. You. Offer like he says, I've been waiting for it ever since he came back. Come on, Lee. He knows it can't be like that between us again. And Lee says, you think he knows, but hope springs eternal, as they say. You remember, remember what he said? You're a different woman than the one he left behind. More exciting, more vibrant, more beautiful. She goes, stop it. I haven't encouraged him except back into the family. He goes, take it from me. I'm a man. I know a beautiful woman can hit you between the eyes with a hammer. And if you want her, it's a sign of encouragement, (laughs) meaning a woman could hit you over the head. But if you really are interested in her, you're going to take even even taking getting hit in the head is going to be like, oh, she was encouraging me. You know, does that make sense? I saw Lexi's uh, confused look. I thought an interesting way to phrase it. Yeah. And that's probably why they took it out, Lex. 
Mm-hmm. Getting back to the actual film version, which we do get to see, which is still fun. I just I like to see those little moments. I like to hear them so I can picture them in my head, you know. Definitely. So what actually happens is a little uh, different. Jamie comes out the front door and then Lee gets out of the car and they say hi to each other. And he mentions that that Amanda's on the phone with his dad and he goes, cool car. I think I could get a ride sometime. He goes, sure. Tell you what, next time I take her out on the track, you come along and we'll turn a few laps. How about that? He goes, great. And then Philip comes out like the older brother stud with his little pop collar on his jean jacket. And then he, instead of being nice and bringing his brother his lunch, he takes it and drops it from about mm, five feet. That's such a classic brother move. It's so My brothers would do that to this day, and they are 20 and 18 years old. To you or to themselves, to each other? Oh, um, maybe not to me. They might try and do it, but I would make them bring it to me. But to each other, for sure. Oh, for sure, they would do it to each other. Honestly, my brothers are in their, uh, I think... I think all my brother, yeah, all my brothers are in their fifties now, and all of them would do this to themselves, to the, each other as well. I think. Jerky, jerky move. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> Philip, uh, looking pretty cute there for you, Miranda. Hey, my nine-year-old heart was all over that boy. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> you know, I never, I honestly, I never, I had, I think I had Lexi's syndrome. I never uh, had a crush on either one of them growing up. I had my eyes set on Mr. B. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I had that. I liked the older men back then, even, I guess. <laughs> they made him really appealing to all ages. Yes. Probably did. genders. You know, he just transcended all, <laughs> all attractiveness right. scales. He really, he really did. <laughs> he really did. That's so, Philip comes out and drops his uh, brother's lunch on the steps. And, and Jamie's like, thanks a lot. They're, it looks, they're off to school here. And then he comes out and he goes, uh, Philip explains that. Uh, his mom's on the phone with her. He goes, yeah, I know. He goes, how about popping the hood? He goes, yeah, I guess we could pop the hood. <laughs> you could tell it's really good because Bruce seems really kind of awkward a little bit here. Like he doesn't exactly know how to interact with them. And uh, <clears throat> then Dottie comes out and she's like, good morning, Lee. Okay, before Dottie comes out, guys. Okay, so we just talked about this seconds ago. Philip raises his hand and drops the sandwich bag on the brick right on the porch when you look at it there's no other items on the porch right everybody sees that right i'll take your word for it a little before five minutes and then donnie walks out and now there's there's big bags there on the on the on the porch that weren't there before yeah but now they're there and donnie didn't bring them out with her when when the door opens she's got them in her hands yeah, go back a second. I am. I'm, I'm looking. Okay, there's because nothing on the porch. She's sort of in the way. See, she's got them in her hands. Then she sets them down and turns around to shut the door, but they cut it. They yeah, edited it. Yeah, but they, but they weren't there. Oh, yeah. And, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so magically they got put down. Cause, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, it was poor editing. If yeah. they'd have left that that uh, uh, stock footage at the beginning out, they wouldn't have had They would have had edit. more time. You're right. They would have had enough time and they, we wouldn't have had to have the magical and bags. And I wouldn't have to make, uh, have to point out the fact that they uh, had magical bags. <laughs> but Dottie comes out and she's like, Amanda's talking to Joe. Talk, talk, talk. And then she doesn't mean to say it like this, but she's like, they talk more now than they did when they were dating. I'm sure he does not want to hear that. And she goes, <laughs> she's like, oh, um, I wouldn't let him under your hood. My He scares my mechanic. And he's like, hey, <laughs> like, get out of there. 
the look on his face at 513 is so funny. He's got that just kind of like, mm. Trying to figure out how to interact with these children. Mm-hmm. So then he says, uh, uh, says bye to the boys, and then Amanda comes out. So what kind of rodent is in that little thing she's got there? <laughs> you know, they, you know how at school they let you bring, you have like a class uh, hamster or something? It's got to be a hamster. I mean, it looks black, doesn't it? Like maybe a gerbil? You don't like gerbils? Yeah, it's a very dark color. Yeah. I feel like it might be a rat. Oh, no, no rats. Ew. People really like rats. People who have rats, like as pets, they love them. They think that they are just the bee's knees of pets. They do. um, Would you have one? They're supposed to be very good pets. Yeah. I I don't have one, but that's what they, like, if someone has rats, they think that they they are the pet. Yeah, they are the shit. Yeah. Yuck. Well, you had a, you had a, um, hedgehog. hedgehog. Yeah. I did. What was his name? Good old Mara. Mara. That's right, Mara. 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 Yep. She, was a, she was a spicy thing. <laughs> <laughs> My sister Wait, had a she... hamster. Uh, a a hedgehog. hedgehog. Oh. Is it a hedge? Don't. Is it a hog? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> a spiky ball of anger is what I would call Mara. Oh, she was mean? <laughs> oh. She, wasn't, she wasn't mean or like aggressive. They just get so scared so easily. Oh, okay. Well, so, they're so little. Yeah. Just a little bitty thing. They can hurt if they're really mad. They'll get you, but it's not like they can projectile it like a porcupine or something. So. Yeah. They're just, they, mm. my sister had a hamster and it, I, I was petting it and it came out and with its big little buck teeth, it bit me and I heard it crunch through my finger. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It was not a, ham- wow. it was not a nice little hamster. No. It's super infected. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I still have my fingers, so I guess I survived. Yes, I guess you lived. I lived. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of a nice little scene. We see Amanda and Dottie and how they interact and how they get going in the morning and get the boys going. And then it's kind of a juxtaposition to see Lee there, you know, after all this time of him hiding in the in the in the back and not really seeing you know them all together it's kind of interesting one of my favorite lines uh, of lisa you can touch that car again that'll be the last thing you you (laughs) well and he doesn't he he actually doesn't shut the hood did you notice that he like he doesn't get it down all the way no it's still like there's still a um opening there it's not latched yeah it's not latched at all Dottie goes, take care in case he crossed any wires. <laughs> and he's like, uh-huh. he goes, and he goes, oh, by the way, I buzzed up your fuel injection. He goes, you did what? He goes, see you later. He goes, touch that car again. It'll be the last thing you ever touch. <laughs> That's how I would be if I had a Corvette. <laughs> and then I like how there's, it's, there's no talking. It's just all just them looking at each other. But Kate and Bruce are like, she, she looks at him and like she's calming him down like just relax you know and he's like I know yep I know I know I know because <laughs> she, she kind of gives him a nod like you know and he's like yeah I know I know <laughs> so she said sorry I got hung up on the phone what's Joe up to these days I don't know he wants to have lunch I think he's got something on his mind yeah you oh come on I've been waiting for it oh, ever since he came on. back not even gonna talk about that mm-hmm. hope springs eternal as they say right Remember what he said? Are you kidding? No. You're a different woman than the one he left behind. You're more exciting, more vibrant, more beautiful. I'll have to agree with that. Amanda, I am a man, okay? I know these things. You're a beautiful woman, and he he wants you back. You're serious. 
In the script, Weathers, his property is supposed to be an amusement park, but instead they have it being his convention center. So instead of instead of an amusement park, they have him owning a, a, a convention center and which I'm sure was a lot easier to maneuver. Again, going back, <laughs> writers will be, you know, so grandiose in their ideas and things. And then when they go to produce it, it's like, yeah, that's too much. We can't we can't do that. So it's a convention center. And we see Trask, the police uh, detective. We see him, the lieutenant. Uh, we see him with. Now this new person who is Weathers, Basil Weathers, and they're, they haven't seen each other in a while. And they're like, oh, you know, how you doing? And have, haven't seen you. And you seem to do, to have been doing well. They're, they've obviously done work together before. And they're talking about the last time they sold these ISPs. And that was four years ago. So these, these guys aren't great. They're, they're bad guys. He goes, I steal them. You sell them. It's been profitable in the past. Now they get on, what do you call those things? Those little carts that they're on. Skylift. What is it? Skylift. The Skylift. Okay. I wonder where that's at. Because it doesn't look like the one that was in California. Uh, was it San Francisco? No, yeah, LA. It's LA. LA. Yeah. It's LA. I tried to, it, it, it's very unique. Hmm. It's almost like a cable car in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so steep. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's it's visually interesting. Mm-hmm. So I can see why they wanted they chose this as you know to have this at least some kind of country club or something because it, like there's a golf course right next to right, it. Right, so. right. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, so they get on that, and they're talking, and he goes, "There'll be a whole new round of questions on these this ISP, the discovery of Luther's body." So now we know that Luther is the person that died in that tomb, and. uh I'm the perfect person to make sure nobody gets any answers to who that person was. He goes, you can get top dollar. It's perfect. I took it and everything that you could connect the body to before the lab boys uh, uh, of the homicide squad took over. Oh, those pictures are gross. They're like showing the. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they really, I thought, I think they really did well on this. They could have cheaped out. I thought they did well. It looks like a very dirty skeleton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I bet you that was fun to work on, like to, to, for the props, you know? Yeah. I'd like to do that kind of stuff, like trying to get things to look like. Yeah. Real. I think that'd be kind of fun. It'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Obviously we figured out why, well, we don't know exactly why Luther died, but we know that whatever he had uh, with him in that briefcase was an ISP, which is kind of like, um, your, it's kind of like a visa for spies. Right. And kind of gets access to a lot of things that you wouldn't normally get to have. The average person wouldn't get to have. So that's the bad guys are are interested in it because they can make money off of that. Now we're at the agency and they're looking at who is presumed to be Lee Stetson. But obviously we know it's Luther. Trask also is like, oh, and if Lee Stetson comes snooping around, I'll take care of him, too. It's like, yeah, I don't think you will, bud. So for some reason, this character was running around D.C. with top document, top secret documents bearing your name. And then Amanda reads the Emmy's report and it says murdered, uh, shot in the chest. He goes, what the hell was I doing in 1980? He goes, March through September, you were in Europe. It's in here and in your case file. The body was found in an access shaft sealed and filled with cement and loose rubble when they finished building this six years ago. And then 
poor Francine. She comes bucketed in there and she's like, did you hear? And then she sees Lee there and he goes, reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. In the script, Lee says, as someone once said, reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. And Amanda, being the American lit major, says, Mark Twain. (laughs) She like tells him like, yeah, it's it's Mark Twain. That's funny. Mm -hmm. So right before this scene in the script, before he comes into Billy's office and they're looking at these pictures, uh, they come in and it says, the elevator door opens, revealing Lee and Amanda. A pair of agents react to seeing Lee as he steps out of the elevator with Amanda. He doesn't miss their curious look and instinctively checks his tie and coat. Amanda says, I've got to review the East German diplomatic passes. She stops because another agent passes them. This one open mouth at seeing Lee. Lee checking agent to Amanda have I got a funny sign stuck to my pants or something? And Amanda says, I don't know what that's about. They turn into the bullpen. As people notice Lee, they stop working and a quiet spreads spreads through the room. Lee looks from face to face and finally to Billy, who's in his office door. He goes, what's going on, Billy? You look better than I thought you would for a dead man. And Amanda says, sir? He goes, haven't you heard? And he goes, no, what? He goes, about two hours ago, some construction workers found the remains of the late, great Lee Stetson. I must say you held up remarkably well for six years in the ground. And Amanda says, this isn't, <laughs> Amanda says, this isn't funny, sir. And Billy, now serious, says, I don't think so either. Inside. And then they cut to. And then they go oh, into Oh, that's the, cute. Yeah. And then they go into the Lee flipping through the pile of police eight by tens, wincing at the grisly scene. But I, I kind of like where everybody's kind of like looking at him like he's alive. <laughs> so then Francine says, well, that's not what the local boys are saying. And he goes, they better be saying no comment. <laughs> he goes, I, I took over the case an hour ago. If it hits the paper at all, it'll be as a John Doe. I want you two to get down to the city morgue and meet with a detective from Capitol Police named Trask. He'll give you everything. And Amanda goes, including the body? He goes, yep. And she goes, oh. <laughs> so he told him the cops to guard it and that the forensic team would be taking over. Uh, we'll meet them there and claim it. He goes, I want to know who this guy is, was, and fast. I know it's been six years, but it's just too crazy. I've got a bad feeling about it. And then Lee goes, you've got a bad feeling about it. <laughs> pretty house that they uh have the outside of the house there the stock footage there it's very pretty i'm sure Uh, it's in california but it's pretty so now we're introduced to alice with some major curly hair she's got some hair going on there some hair when i was doing research for the uh opening she uh i looked her up and her picture does not look like her at all you know it's a picture of somewhat in the probably in the past 10 15 years she doesn't look anything like she does did back then like at all doesn't have the curly hair nope not at all and i and i really i to the point where i had to make sure i grabbed the right person you know oh my gosh. that's how it, she didn't really look like her at all so hmm. i mean you know that's 40 years ago so i'm sure i'm gonna look like i don't want to know what i'm gonna look like i'll probably look like my mother right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know those apps that they have you know and you can make yourself look old I just look at, I, I get it, and it looks just like my mom. I showed my mom one, and she goes, when'd you take that of me? And I'm like, that's me. That's that no. app. <laughs> and she's like, no. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> that's funny. So Alice, uh, we will find out in this scene, is Ron Trask's brother. Now, in the script, he was supposed to be called Ron Taylor, but they changed it to Trask. And she was Alice Taylor Babcock, which is way easier to say. But instead, she's Alice Trask 
That's really hard. Try that. It's really hard to say. <laughs> Babcock. Ellis Trask. Babcock. It's hard. Wow. Isn't it hard? There's the heart like this and then the... Yep. It's hard to say Ellis it. Ellis Trask. Babcock. Yeah. You got to really think about you it. You got to really think. I had I had a hard time with it. But so instead, it's Alice Trask Babcock. So so this is her brother. And they are definitely uh, in a heated argument. Trask is kind of like taking it over. And he's like, don't worry about it. I'm handling it. You just, you know, don't worry your pretty little face about it kind of thing, which I hate when people do that. We find out she's married to a senator. I'm sure the senator doesn't know about her dealings with her brother. Because they're definitely kind of hush-hush about it when when uh, her help comes in. So the Lee, the Lee Stetson ISP, the one I couldn't get the, the night I killed Luther, he goes, no, no, I have it. He goes, I'm going to sell it. She goes, Ronnie, are you, you can't, are you insane? <laughs> he's got half the convention center and you have, you're living, like he's saying, you're living in the lap of luxury. So is Weathers and what do I got? I, he's making $34,000 a year on his, his police salary. So he wants money. And she goes, I'll give you the money. And he's like, no, I, I want I want to do it myself. Because nothing bad will happen there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know he's her brother, but I still can't believe it. Like, she had all this and she was still, like, taking the risk. I don't know. I feel like the, that's the point at which you better just cut it off. Well, I mean, is she really involved at this point? I, She's just, she's done, she did her work already six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, that's her brother. That's what I'm saying. You gotta cut it off at some point. Yeah, yeah. I've had to cut off some relatives. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, li- not like, not literally though, right? You didn't cut. <laughs> I cut, cut them off. There you go. No, I, I definitely do not want to. But yeah, I just can't get over her spiral curve. Like it's driving me crazy. <laughs> Maybe like, it's natural. I remember those eighty spiral perms, man. They were maybe woo. it's maybe it's natural. No, it could be. I could make that, my hair that look like that. Has chemical in her hair. You think I could make <laughs> yeah. mine look like that if I wanted to? Not that I would ever want to, but I could. No, yours doesn't. Yours doesn't. No, that's an unnatural curl. I think that's that's total spiral perm. <laughs> As I've gotten older, mine's gotten looser. I used to have like corkscrews. On, like back on the back here like that my, my cousins is just hairs just like yours it's the same yeah. thing as i got older it, it it definitely is loosened but it gets funny because mine was super straight and as i get older it's make it's getting wavier and curlier huh that's funny that's because me too my 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 gray hair is curlier than my that that was. I would understand. Yeah, that I can understand. So that's why it's it's growing yeah. up. I think there's a hormone change or something too. So Lee and Amanda are now at downtown at the police station, and Amanda says the the Emmys report said that the briefcase was attached to him with handcuffs, like like a courier. And Lee says, "Yeah, using my name." And he goes, "They've got the morgue down here," and then he introduces them, and and yeah, police officer goes into the room there and lets Trask know. So Trask hears that Stetson and King are there and comes out to talk to him. He's got everything all prepped and ready to go. Was it on a timer or did he have something in his pocket? Like, how did he get it to go exactly right when they were going in, I wonder? It has to, I feel like it was timed. Yeah. Because it doesn't, I mean, he doesn't like click anything. I'm rewatching it right, right now. But what, I mean, he doesn't know when they're coming. Or do you think he was just going to do it right before, regardless if they were coming? And he was starting, like he was, he was leaving. Yeah. Okay. I I gotcha. And then he's like, oh. Yeah, it looked like he was going to leave the room anyway. 
Yeah. Okay, I can see what you're saying. But it just it just holds it just, it just holds credence that oh he was right there when when they were there too. So I guess that right. I guess that could work because I was like that seems a little too thin, you know, to to get it uh-huh. timed exactly. But it would it it was going to happen regardless if they were there or not. So that makes more sense. But it is nice. At least he's not a total bastard and uh sent the officer who was standing right in front of the door away which is good probably saved his life <laughs> right and he was so he was just trying to get rid of evidence right like, yes that's why he did it mm-hmm. Not, yep okay. yep and then he goes you look healthier than, than last time i saw you he goes yeah enough with the jokes i've heard enough <laughs> and he's like what have you got and uh then he tells the officer to go away and uh and he's like, when I heard your people were involved, I brought all the physical evidence together with the body. I'm not going, it's not going to thrill you. There aren't, there are no fingerprints, of course, but we get, might get some tissue samples. It's like they're in a different room than he's at, doesn't it? Um, it's like, it's almost, I know it's not green screen, but it's almost like they're at, like, they're just standing behind, a, like, a, against a wall. Yeah, it, it kind of does look that way. And they're standing in a hallway, too. Like, it's like they have a full wall. Yeah, and they look like short too. They make it makes them look shorter. That's why I think they're definitely yeah. messing with the the surroundings for some reason. Versus when they have the camera on Trask, versus when they have it on Lee and Amanda. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. And then he yeah. goes, "Well, what about was uh, what was in the briefcase?" He goes, "Oh, it was empty except for an envelope." He goes, "Come on, I'll show you the whole thing." Oh, but no, you won't, will you? And then the explosion happens. Man, that's like a couple explosions in the. Uh, I mean, don't they? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting confused now because I edited. So I'm thinking we had, no, yeah, it's three in a row, right? Because we had photo finish, the man who died twice, and then this one, right? Isn't that the order this one in? Is that right? Um, I don't remember. All three of those episodes have explosions in them and they all get bombed in all of them. They're going out of season four with a bang. I guess so. You'd think they'd have be like, okay, this is your fifth concussion this month. We need you to chill out a little bit. You know, even NFL players aren't allowed to play football for a while, but they have the protocol. Yeah. They had a good prop guy with explosives if they decided to use Yeah. <laughs> right. Did Billy's last weekend? Did Billy's last weekend have one? No. Okay. So yeah, then it goes it goes Billy's photo finish, the man who died twice, need to know. The the two that I was editing this weekend. So Man Who Died Twice and Photo Finish both have explosions and then this one. So that's pretty close in a very short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> to have that many explosions. Mm-hmm. They're probably like, Hey, we did a lot of research, let's really use and this. <laughs> promises to keep, right? Isn't that the one with T P yes. did yeah. that yep. one? Mm-hmm. That one definitely has an explosion. Yes, yeah, two of them. Yeah, it has two. <laughs> well, yeah. there's there's one more in this one. Yeah, too. there's there's two there. in this one too. Dang. Yep. Yep. Very, this one's very similar. This next one's very similar to the last one in um, in Promises to Keep, you know, the car. Mm-hmm. So the car. they're both in the car. You know, I was. <laughs> it's probably the the uh, special effects guys were like, "Hey, we really did a lot of research, so let's really use the information we learned <laughs> and do this. Let's blow up some cars, yeah, man. Let's do it." So now we're back at the agency. And Lee looks a little uh, rough around the edges, but damn, does he look cute. <laughs> I can't help it. I like it when their sleeves, his sleeves are rolled up. <laughs> Boy, he's uh, all beaten up, though. He looks scruffy. I like it, too. I know. I do, too. It's kind of sexy. 
getting all thirsty over here for him. <laughs> <laughs> so Francine's explaining in her clown outfit, I mean, uh, in her um, blouse, um, that. Like, That's like a New Mexico outfit, almost. Like I, a, I'm not know, a big fan of it. That's going to be an Albuquerque outfit right there. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Her makeup looks really, you know, nowadays the thing is to put all that foundation, the um, the highlighter, you know, highlighting right here. I love a good highlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that one looks, this one looks a little too carved out to me. Doesn't look natural. At like uh, 1218. Um, it's kind of, yeah. it's very prominent. Is like behind Lee, is that like a toilet paper statue or like what the heck is that? It's like a toilet paper robot thing. You Let me see. That? That Let me thing? see. Hold on. Oh, yeah. I do. Hold on. I haven't seen it yet. What What it's number are you? It's a white stone or something statue. Um, does it look like it? It would be perfect for 2020. Ah. Oh, yeah. Now I see it. What is that? It's like a Buddha with feet. This is like a white robot. Yeah, like limestone. Paper, yeah. Like limestone kind of. What is that thing? <laughs> I love a toilet paper holder. <laughs> it looks like stacked toilet paper. Every time I see these things, I think of that Warner Brothers lot with the prop, big prop room. With yes. All the things to choose from. Yes. You see them walking through, like, what if we want to have in Billy's office now? Let's <laughs> grab that crazy looking white statue guy. Ooh. <laughs> Let's see. We should have gone through there. I bet you we would have found that. Um, what was that art piece done by? Who was it? C. C. G. R. Wonder that might yeah. have been there. Yeah, I'd go for that, and you'd go for the agency logo. Yes, I would. I totally would get every <laughs> single one I could find. Oh my god, that's gotta that. be gone. It's sad that it's gone. Oh. But yeah. What else are they gonna use that? You know for? what else I would want? I would want that. Uh, what was on the outside of W. B.'s building of Lee and Amanda? Oh, I would that huge like tarp they had over the building. You know, like they do with the new shows and stuff. I would have, I would have killed for that. Really? Well, you couldn't even display it or anything. Oh, I'd make a house. I would make a building so that I could like hang that. You'd like over your house and get like these angry I, HOA letters. I like, would totally, <laughs> I would find a, a warehouse that I could have so I could hang that. I totally would. I would love that. <laughs> that would be like Mecca, you know? Oh my gosh. I would love that. <laughs> it's huge and I would love it. And I would be like, this is my pride and joy. <laughs> As all I, as you children. see, all this stuff behind me. <laughs> oh, I totally would. I would love that. But yeah, I would take one of those big uh, agency lit up signs. Oh yeah, I would so do that. My husband would never let me do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you just say my husband would never let me do that? Well, I'm not as adamant as you to have it in the first place. But yeah, he would be like, no, that's just a no go. <laughs> I would. I think like um, they have that agency, like the agency logo on like some door, you know, like a, yeah. like a smaller plaque size. Like I think that would be cool. Yeah, uh, I will not fight you on the giant light up agency one. I will not fight you. Not that if you wanted something, I would fight you on it. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, yeah. That's very kind. You but, and I would hurt you because I would, you know, no, I wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that in my right mind. I will say that. If the fever came over if the, you. If, no, we do pretty well when we go when we go um, looking I think, for, for things. I think it helps that we're like looking for different things. Yeah. I would hate yeah. to. I would You're hate really to good at finding things. Like, You're like, hey, yeah. that's really cool. I'm like, oh, that is. And then I wait for you to put it down like you're not going to get it. And I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it. You know, and, uh, like somehow yeah. I don't see it. Somehow like that, that one brass thing I just got that you found for me. Yeah, the birdcage. The birdcage. Yes, I love yeah. that. I know that one that's really cool. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, you're you're good at finding those things. Um, I do like your dig. <laughs> yeah. 
So Lee's saying, hey, Billy, you know as well as I do, someone is working overtime here. Um, they don't, you know, to keep us from uh, knowing who he was. Now I was part of that man's life when he died. I'm going to find out why. So in, this, in, in here, he says that Amanda was checked out, but she's fine. She went home to change. Well, in the script, it's a little different. In the script, it was saying uh, that Dr. McJohn uh, wanted to check Amanda out a little bit longer. He was running a few more tests. So she was down in the, in the agency clinic getting checked out, not going home and changing. So how would she have gotten home if he was driving her or how would she get back? Well, she could have driven. She could have, she probably would have taken his car. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I didn't even think about that as an option. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause she drove his car before. Because it was an automatic. So anyway, she she was being checked out uh, a little bit more thoroughly from Dr. Uh, McJohn. Now we're at the golf course uh, at the convention center. And uh, we see Weathers. And he's talking to a wannabe Lee Stetson, but so not. That guy doesn't look very much like him. He's just tall and has, you know, his hair slicked back. But I don't think he looks anything like Lee. Yeah, he's not. You know who he reminds me of in mm. Greece? The one who goes as Rizzo State. Oh, the um, guy from, uh, he was in yeah. Babylon 5. He died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. He had like a really pockmarked face. Mm-hmm. Like pitted, that mm. guy. That's who he reminds me of. Okay, and now I know who you're talking about. Different person. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about the other guy that's in Greece that's uh, like good friends with um, with uh, Travolta's characters. Yeah, Danny. Thank you. He does look like a Russian Lee, though. Yeah. A Russian Lee, yeah, he's he's uh like he in Bizarro World, you have uh Bizarro Lee, who's Russian. I think he's attractive. I really do. I have. I do hate you? To say it, but I do. Oh, I don't. I, do. I don't. I don't. That, he's I know attractive in that Russian way. He is yeah, tall. I love that Russian. Way. He's just a little. He's a little too exotic, I think, for me. I like a, a tall, dark, handsome American. You know, know. all American know. kind of you, look. You like the all American boys. Yeah, you do. I, I know. Do. I know. And you like the but dirty, I, naughty, I, naughty I, boy. Because all American sometimes is like blonde hair, blue eyes. Like sometimes that's the Yeah, I like the, I, but I said dark hair. Yeah. Right, I like that's the, what I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've never found, uh, found, uh, I mean, I, it's not like I don't go, oh, that guy's ugly if he's blonde. It's just, yeah, just I don't right. find them, I don't think of them that way. You know, I can go, oh, he's a handsome guy, but he's just not my type. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so now this, Weathers is talking to this wannabe lee we'll call him russian lee uh and uh and and is is selling is attempting to sell lee's isp to him so now what we've learned is that the isp is good for 10 years okay which if he started in 73 he would have gotten a new isp in 83 which means Mm -hmm. this this whole time thing doesn't work so he must have there must be a shorter time frame when you first get it or something like that. Like kind of like when you're a kid and you get your, your uh, passport, it's only good yeah. for so many years versus when you're an adult, it's a, a lot longer. Maybe that's the only thing I can think of. Cause otherwise the timing doesn't work. <laughs> right. And I'm sure they didn't think that through, but um, supposedly it's good for 10 years, which means this one was made in 1980, which means this only has a shelf life of four more years, this ISP. So the guy's, Hopefully getting a discount, like I care. Uh, He's hopefully getting a discount because it's only worth four years versus 10 years. But I'm sure it's like when you get something off eBay, you're like, oh, it's been used, but it's the only one that around that you can find that's, you know, real whatever you're looking for kind of thing, you know. So then you're like, oh, I'm willing to pay for that because I I'm going to get some use out of it. 
because these aren't fake. You know, fake ones will get caught. These are actual real, like this is a real genuine ISP. Luther created, when he made Lee's ISP that Lee uses to this day, he made two of them. So they're both legitimately correct and right. And you wouldn't be able to say, oh, that's a forge or that's, you know, you can't. So that's what makes these so great is they're, they're real. So how did, okay, here's a question. How did he get Lee's signature? How did Luther Spickens get Lee's signature? Because it's on there. But he'd have to have it for the original. He just made two. Right, he made two. He made an original each time? Twice? He made originals. He had two of them. So Lee would have had to have signed both of them. Unless it's just, because back then they didn't have the ability to copy your signature now like you can now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I thought it was that, but yeah, it just He'd have to have, he would have had to have signed two of them. Which is weird because he hadn't gotten them yet. He ordered them, right? He was working on his ISP, right? He got one and then he had it done and then he made another one. So Lee would have had to have signed it because back then they didn't have that ability to, like we do now with Adobe and all that. That would be weird though. Hey, pick up your ISP, sign it, but sign this other one, but you don't Yeah, just in case. Isn't that weird? I never, uh, this it just came to me like, wait a minute. He would have had to have signed both of those. Unless he made some sort of copy on the paper that he used to make it. Yeah, but I think, it, I mean, it looks like it's, sort. I mean, you got to remember back then copying machines weren't like they are now, you know? Yeah, but you can count for money. So if she can count if it's on signature, yeah, pretty maybe. accurate. Yeah, maybe he's really good at forging signatures. That could be too. That, that's another option. Yeah. Because then he could and just put it on top of the other one. Legit. He could put the other one on top of it and then copy it. Yeah, maybe. Plus, no one's going to look too careful at that part when everything else is authentic that's there. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's saying uh, the picture could be a problem. He goes, oh, hair dye, a trim, some sun for you, a little color. Use ingenuity. That's what somebody's paying you for. He goes, all that money. He goes, you don't need to tell me what I'm getting paid for. He goes, nor do I want to. Although I suspect it may have something to do with the Zurich disarmament talks or possibly French Aryan laws. He goes, this thing is six years old. Councilman ISPs are councilman ISPs are issued for 10 years. It's good. And I suspect, you know, exactly how good it is or your people wouldn't even consider my price. He goes, you can age it. He goes, sure. I'll give you a glamorous past. This thing blows up on me. Weathers. I'm coming after a lot more than my money. He goes, not to worry. The ISP isn't another clever forgery. It's the real thing made by the man who made Lee Stetson's. And another thing, an ISP is a hard document to police. Even if they cancel it or issue an alert, there are always so many other uses. He goes, if my people approve the money, you've got a deal. He goes, don't let them tarry, my friend. I have a, a lot of interest. What does tarry mean? T-A-R-R-Y? I've never heard that. I don't delay. Don't, yeah, just don't. Yeah. Hmm. That was my gut instinct. Yeah. I, that was, no, it I, is. That's what it is. I mean, that's what you would assume, but I didn't know. I've never heard of that. Yeah. My grandma used to say Terry. Huh. Historical romance reading. My sister's land. name is Terry. Yeah, that's so. you. Yeah. So I didn't know my sister's name was meant hurry. <laughs> Obviously different. Is that how she spells it? No. No. She, spells no. Right. she yeah. just spells it T. But the bad is an interesting way to spell Terry. <laughs> no. Yeah. I can't believe you find that guy attractive. His eyes are kind of... Dead, dead, I dead know. Looking. I say that about my tastes and men every single day, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just his eyes. I, his eyes kind of look dead to me. They're like really light. I don't excellent. know. <laughs> What'd you say? It's an excellent. <laughs> just 
Dead and look, it's face. I don't know. Oh, come on. I question it every day. Trust me. No. I know. No, I'm just kidding. All right, we're going to have a talk. We're, we're going to have a talk over our chip, chocolate chip pancakes Saturday. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's all good. <laughs> you need a pep talk. No, I don't want one. I'm just saying. I, I just like the baddies. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm just drawn to it. Miranda, Miranda likes the petting arms. Yeah. You like the baddies. She does. I do like the baddies. Yeah. So, hey, one quick question. Is the ISP real or is it just a passport with extra security clearance or is it a separate? This is just something I sort of made up as a part of this episode. I think, it, a I, one? I think it's just a made up thing. Like, yeah, it's it like, like, a, it. like it a passport. Like a passport with like security yeah. clearance. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it could be a passport. Yeah. It's kind of like know, a I, get out of jail free card, you know, kind of thing that you you would have. Yeah, it seems awful like a passport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it too. This must have been a fun uh, episode to, to. They got to drive around little golf carts a lot. <laughs> yeah. Seems like that'd be fun on the set to do. <laughs> I mean, they probably already did, but behind the scenes. But to be able to do it on on the camera is probably kind of fun. <laughs> I would think. Well, they just have cheeses in them too. And the golf carts yeah. later. Yeah. Well, now Trask comes up and he's got a. Uh, uh, his arm in a sling. So he he got uh, the brunt of the bomb as well he should since he said it. T- to me, Weathers, it's kind of funny because Weathers looks like such a sweet little, somebody's little sweet grandpa and he's such a bastard, you know? Yep. Greedy little shit. So Trask and Weathers are uh, back together again. <laughs> oh, happy day. He, he goes, uh, he'll be down our throats he goes, nothing's going to happen. The bomb took care of everything. He goes, your man may have died twice, but the agency's still very much alive. And so is Lee Stetson. Undoubtedly, he'll be curious and probably persistent. That's a good guess. <laughs> he goes, for my share of the half million, he'll risk it. And then he tells him. It seems like him. such a low amount of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but remember, they had like six of these, I think. Well, at least four. There was four that they've already sold, right? Didn't they already sell four? I think they said they sold four already. And then they have Lee's. So there's five. Five. That's two and a half million dollars. If he's getting half of a half million, 250,000, he's only getting a million and a quarter. Well, you're assuming he's splitting it. Who knows? I don't, I mean, I would, did he say half or did he said my share? I thought he said maybe he didn't. Maybe I misunderstood I don't know if he said half or share. I can't remember. Gotcha. So now... This is where Lee starts putting the pieces together. You can see it in his mannerisms and, and how he's just the questioning he does to Trask. Mm-hmm. Now they're at the the um, construction site and Lee's talking with him, asking him questions. And he's like, he goes, you know, one man's mystery is another man's migraine. He goes, hey, a body is found buried under 100 tons of concrete, a briefcase cupped to his arm, full of government documents. What's that? Mystery or migraine? And he goes, my caseload, that's about a four aspirin headache. He goes, documents? No, you didn't read that in my report. It was an empty envelope. He goes, listen, the uniform cop who responded first said that the envelope was heavy, even fat. He goes, you came halfway across town to cover this one. He goes, I responded to a 214 on the radio. Uniform cop on the site here, was he was doing his best to royally screw up the evidence. So I jerked him. That's what they're paying me for. So what are you doing? He goes, that was my name in the briefcase. And now I'm stuck with the paperwork. An ST10, interagency ADP, and an FF2. You know, I think that bomb was an inside job. 
He goes, how about you? And he kind of looks at me and goes, that's arson. I'm homicide. I really haven't given it much thought. He goes, yeah, well, you're not supposed to have an ST10 and an FF2 <laughs> done by the end of the day. He goes, that's right. I'm not. So did you guys get the sense that he's kind of like trying to like go, you know, egg him on? Yeah. Like the envelope was supposedly fat, but you can't, why did you come across town, you know, for this one? And that seems like an inside job on the bomb and all that. And he's like, I don't know. Like I would think a police, a police detective would be inherently curious about things regardless. Right. So it seems really odd that he wouldn't be like, yeah, that's, it does seem kind of fishy or, you know, I thought about this or, you know. Now, if it were today's, like if it were today, I would say it's because cops and feds don't get along. Like you always hear how one thinks the other one is stepping on toes and blah, blah, blah. Sure. So that's what like, I would think that that's sort of one of the possible scenarios. Like if I were going to rationalize why he was acting that way, but we know that he's on to Trask. But yeah, like if I'm giving it an excuse, it would be because they, they, neither one of them want to work together. Okay. That's, that's plausible. Obviously Lee's on to him because he's, he, you know, he's, he, he kind of like looks down at his stuff and then he kind of looks over at him to see what his reaction mm-hmm. was. You to know? get his reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's I just don't buy his. his I, I just don't buy his uh, not being very curious about the case and, and that, you know, it seems odd that there was an, in, you know, the bomb blew up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just seems a little weak. And then he kind of looks at him after he leaves. He's still, at least still look at him like he's trying to uh, size him up. Well, they're back at the agency and Lee's saying, you can't put my, I can't put my finger on it. That, that is a little, something's just a little off. She goes, well, he was with us when the bomb went off. If he planned it, it was pretty risky. He's like, yeah, but maybe to him it was worth the risk, which, you know, that's true. It could have been, which obviously it was. I think this is the same shirt he wore when he, they did that TV guide. Um, This, this hunk has a problem getting the girl uh, interview on TV guide. Mm -hmm. I think that's from that. I just saw it earlier, too. I was like, hey, that's that same shirt with his oh, his just... dad jeans. I was just going to say, I love his whole outfit. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I, I do not like dad jeans, jeans on him. And he wears them I all the time, that. especially in season yep. four. I do not like them. Yeah, I was going to say, not my favorite look. No. I don't I mind the shirt. The shirt's thing. nice. I just don't like the pants. They're just so high. <laughs> Do you guys remember? Was that the style for guys in the eighties? Because I don't really remember that. But maybe yeah, I, it must have been. I, I mean, I was like, like it, what thirteen? I don't know. It might have been. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't remember either. Yeah, I know denim, especially that color, was definitely. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember the stonewashed jeans and so. Oh gosh, I just got a vintage pair of stonewashed jeans, but they're from the nineties. Wow, love them. That's yeah. hilarious. I like Amanda's red. That looks nice. She always looks More good. More color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looks good in red. Yeah, but Lee's gone from his, like, shoulder holster for his gun to oh, his I belt. Oh, I love the shoulder I, holster. I want the shoulder holster back. I know. I don't, I don't like the belt look, but I... He only... He can only wear the shoulder holster when he's wearing a suit jacket. He can be wearing it right now with that shirt. Yeah, but he'd have to have a sport coat <laughs> over it. I think, you know, I mean, sure, he can wear it. He can wear it to bed, Jen, and I would be fine with that. So I'm good. I'm not arguing. He could be wearing it. I'm just saying (laughs) I think he wouldn't wear it because he'd have to have a a sport coat over it kind of thing. But Those are some massive 
uh, shoulder pads. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. I was like, massive what? <laughs> they're, they're, like, they're legitimately as big as her head. Like, like, it's that was the 80s, man. That was the 80s. They, they are legitimately as large as her face. Like, <laughs> they are pretty big. They're huge. Like, I have like, the little shoulder pads, but good God, woman. Those are like double D shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> Next to her triple A's. <laughs> yeah. So they're talking and, and obviously going through the case, and then the phone rings, and uh, then you hear Lee, and his demeanor changes. He's like, yeah, uh, hi, how you doing? And he's like, uh, he looks over at her and he goes, yeah, she's right here. <laughs> Hold on. And he holds onto the phone and he's like, it's uh, Joe. She's like, oh. And he kind of gives her sad look. She goes, I have it. And he goes, oh, sorry. And hangs up. <laughs> I like how he's watching. He's watching her and like, you know, looking over to see what she's writing down and stuff. <laughs> so Joe's uh, scheduling their lunch that we talked about in the first part of the episode. And uh, he goes, as soon as she hangs up, he goes, I was right. You were right about what? Mm-hmm. I was absolutely right. He is making a move. He wants you back. Well, he can't have me. No, he can't. And what are you going to say when he asks, huh? You are going to say that you are taken. Okay, I'm going to say I'm taken. Amanda, you cannot lead Joe on like this. I mean, this is not like uh, telling your mother or broadcasting it around the agency. Joe can keep a secret. Okay. Well, he's going to want to know when. So do I. Uh, yeah. When are we going to stop talking about it and set down some concrete plans? Saturday. No. Saturday is too soon. We have got to get blood tests, apply for a license. What are we waiting for, huh? We're chicken. Chicken. You're right. <laughs> and you are absolutely right. We are chicken. All right, I'll tell you what. What is it? Tuesday today? Blood tests and license by Friday. Uh, hold it now. Philip and Jamie have a soccer game on Saturday with a picnic afterwards. Monday, then. Okay, I'll pencil you in. <laughs> now, she goes, come on. She goes, I'll get it. And then they open the door. So before we move off this scene, I wanted to explain what happens in the script, which is also fun. Okay. So Amanda says, this is about uh, what she's going to tell Joe. And Amanda says, I thought this engagement was classified. And Lee says, I know, but we can't let Joe get his hopes up. It's not like telling your mother or broadcasting it around the agency. Can Joe keep a secret? And she goes, I guess he'll have to. It's only fair to tell him the truth. He'll want to know when. He goes, so do I. Off her lick, he says, well, let's stop talking about it and make some concrete plans. Jokingly, Amanda says, oh, I like a man who knows what he wants. Okay, I'm free this afternoon. He goes, too soon. We've got to get blood tests, apply for a license. She goes, wait a minute. I was kidding, sort of. And he goes, I'm not. What are we waiting for? We're in love. We want this. We deserve it. She says, I agree. He goes, so what So what are we waiting for? She goes, yeah, what are we waiting for? Simultaneously, they both move to their desk calendars, grab them, come back together. Lee says, let's see. Figure three days for tests and licenses. And Amanda says, a day for shopping. Off Lee's look, she goes, it's a necessity. Trust me. Lee says, okay, today's Tuesday. Test and license by Friday. Shopping on Saturday. And Amanda says, Sunday's Jamie and Phillip's soccer game and picnic. He goes, Monday then. 
Both of them look at each other. There's something a little unsettling about getting this close. Amanda, after a long beat. Monday. She jots it down. You'd better be serious because I'm putting this down in ink. Lee says, ditto. A beat as they turn, stare at each other, smiling. Suddenly the phone rings. Lee picks it up without breaking the look. And then this is Lou Coleman. He's got something on the John Doe. Let's go. And then they, they move to the door and Lee stops, kisses Amanda and says, I love you. And then Amanda says, ditto. And they exit. So they go to Lou instead of now getting back to the film version. Lou comes to them. And it's, he's so gross. He's probably one of the guys that creep me out the most on this show. And I'm, and I'm thinking about that one guy in sour grapes that was eating, um, Play-Doh that whole time he was eating. Remember (laughs) that? That was so gross too. This guy, I think is right. I'm, oh man, both of them are so gross. He's gross. He is nasty. That sandwich is awful. Awful. Uh. Anyways. So Amanda gets up. Now we're back at the film version. Amanda gets up and says, I'll get it. And then opens the door and Lou Coleman comes in. She's like, hello. And he goes, they yanked me off a priority code red electron microscope hair analysis. This is for cuffs and a stone from your man's ring. Stone's a chunk of garden variety turquoise. No help. He goes, I know you, Jack. Oh, wait, his name's Jack now. So not only did Lou have to come visit them, his name's not even Lou now. It's Jack. Uh, I'm really glad he didn't become a recurring character. I know. Oh, he's so gross. Oh. You know, Lex, it's like back in the day, remember that one dude that would come up into all of our offices and talk with us about (gasps) how his cure for cancer and everything? Yes. He's He was so creepy. That's kind of like what this guy reminds me of. Yuck. Anyways. Uh, so Lee says, Jack, I know you, you made a personal trip up here to show off. <laughs> and then he goes right to the fridge and starts taking out everything. And I can't even, I'm sorry. I think I said this before when I was growing up, we had a cleaning lady and she would make us um, peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. And that I can't even, yeah, the look on your oh. face. I know, I know. But whenever I oh. see, I can't even like our peanut butter has to be far, far away from our mayo. I, I they can't even be together. I don't together. understand how that would even go in someone's brain as a good combination. Uh, I can't even. You guys, it makes me don't sick. Don't she confusing it with marshmallow fluff? I don't know. She's dead now. She, her name was Lucille. 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 Confused. And she would make us those, and we would eat them, and they were those funkiest tasting things ever. But yeah, and he and so he grabs the mayo, but then he also grabs the peanut butter, and it makes me want to throw up when I see it. It's so <laughs> gross. Anyway, so he starts pulling out pretty much everything out of that refrigerator. Which I'm sorry, but why do they have so much food in the fridge? Like it's a pretty tiny fridge for all that to yeah. come out of it. It's like the clown car fridge. Yeah. Amanda works there. She's got to have all the necessities. <laughs> but they have prepared. like they have like pastrami. They have got peanut butter. They've got what else did he put on that? Ugh, mayo. Sweet gherkins. Yeah, he <laughs> wanted sweet gherkins, which I do like a sweet gherkin. Those that's my favorite kind of pickle. Ugh, and he just starts slapping it on. Doesn't have a plate, even though there's plates behind him on the fridge. He just starts slapping that stuff all over Lee's desk and everything. Oh, it's so gross. Ugh. I think I'm getting caught He's up on that. He's got a plate. He's got a plate. I don't, did he? Yeah, he grabbed a plate. 2043. Oh, okay. It comes later then. All right. Yeah. Okay. God, he's gross. I love Lee's look like. <laughs> Lee's, 
Lee's look is just like, oh, God, I, how much, like, he's probably con- uh, like calculating how much longer he has to endure this person, you know? <laughs> so he's saying he has sifted through years of treasury records, and thanks to some ingenious deductive reasoning, I came up with a name to go with that collection of bones. And he says, punch up the temp file I've got working. And so Lee types it up real quick and then pulls up the name and it's Luther Spickens. And then he says, right, the DNI guy who dropped out of sight a few years ago. He goes, yeah, six years ago, a.k.a. the scribbler. Worked in documentation and identification. Documentation. Okay, so is it documentation and like and identification? Is that DNI? Probably, because otherwise, what would that be? And I said diversity and inclusion. So uh, I think where your vote is probably more. Well, yeah, because, oh, I can't. Oh, my God, I'm going to vomit. Oh, his food that he's making. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It's so, it makes my stomach. It's really gross. Oh, it's like doing, my stomach's doing flips. (laughs) My stomach's doing flips and all. Yeah, he does have a plate. You're right. I do see it at 2010. And he's got pickles, (laughs) but those aren't sweet pickles. Those aren't gherkins, but. And then he's, so he's got peanut butter and mustard and mayo and pickles. And what it looks like pastrami to me. And then peanut butter. Like what? What? <laughs> and then when he picks it up to bite, it looks like he has cheese on it too. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, we got to get past this. So, anyways, in the briefcases, the locked uh, to their wrists. This is what they did. You know, as a courier thing, they had to they had to attach it to the wrist so no one could take it from them. Uh, or if they did, they'd have to chop off their arm. And I love their facial expressions on this scene. is so great. It just adds to the disgustingness of the whole thing. With Amanda just looking and she's like, you're kidding that all over. And he's like, yeah, like that's the point. And then Lee's just looking at him like, oh, and then she just kind of looks off like, oh, he goes, bingo. He goes, got any sweet gherkins? He goes, there's only one problem to your theory. For two years after Spickens took off, we suspected him of peddling ISPs. He goes, four of them. That's where I heard the four. One turned up in Cairo in 82. He goes, that's right. And we have reports of Spickens all over the globe since. He goes, yeah, but nothing solid. Oh, God, he just put mustard on it. Oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. Oh, he found this. He found the. What is that? Is that pickles? Are those peppers? Did he just put peppers on there, too? Good Lord, man. Yeah, it's quite the combination. He's like, I deal in facts, but I'll leave that to you. I deal in facts. And for my money, you can read old Luther Spickens' last rites. And then he goes, bites? And they're like, <laughs> so they have the stone from Spicken's ring. It survived the fire. Amanda's running the trace on the wife to try and find her. And uh, so now they know who it is. They know that he was creating ISPs and he was likely working on Lee's ISP. And they said, nobody plants a bomb if, uh, if nothing's at stake. He goes, with one of these, you could start a war. We have one, every agent, every general. Every damn senator that wants to go on a junket to some foreign military base. 2.4 million top secret clearances. He goes, the really cute thing is you can't catch them because they're real. He made two. One ISP for Uncle Sam and one for the cookie jar. He goes, maybe he got greedy or scared or became a liability one way or another. Someone killed the goose. And he goes, let's have it. And he's like, what? He goes, your ISP scarecrow now. He goes, come on, you can't ground me. I do like Lee's coat there. What do you guys think? 
that blue suede. Looks comfy. Yeah, it looks nice. And it kind of plays off of that blue in his uh, plaid shirt. Mm-hmm. And then what about Banana Girl? Do you like the banana yellow? I can't say I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. Talk yeah, about sh- shoulder too, pads, right too. Now. Yeah, with the I brooch think- and everything, yeah. The color is not bad, but I'm not a fan of the fabric. I don't know what that is, but it's got like... It looks silk. I don't know. You think it's what it is? It looks silky to me. And then she's got giant uh, shoulder pads in there, too. Oh, yeah, nice belt. Perfectly matched. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the belt. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a... She She wore yellow in another recent episode, and she looked a lot better in it, I think. It looks too. It looks too stiff to be silk i don't know i like the color but i don't like the texture on it for some reason i'm not a big fan of the color or the texture yeah <laughs> i kind of like the texture the color is not doing it for me it's like a creamsicle i don't i don't yeah. like that color yeah oh, maybe that's why i like it i like creamsicles <laughs> <laughs> yeah now if we're talking creamsicles those are good <laughs> Sure, no. And and Lee's arguing because he doesn't want to have his wings clipped, which you know I get it, but it's not like he's going international or anything. He's still going to be around town and doesn't need to have the ISP for that. Because isn't it the international? Isn't it for international needs? I feel like he. I feel like that's something you could just whip out, though, right? Like if you didn't have your agency. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. But I mean, it's a passport, so I mean, it's mostly for for international travel. Because you said they use it for if they're going out of the country. Those senators need it to go out of the country for with it. So it's just yeah, it would have purpose. It's probably just makes him feel like he's neutered or something, you know? Yeah. But he's like. We don't know he made my ISP. Why hasn't it been sold by now? He's like, yeah, give it here. <laughs> He's like, fine. He goes, but I can still nose around DC, right? He goes, yeah, for now. We're already sending a flash on this to cancel your ISP. It'll cover our embassies and our military bases. He goes, it's just temporary. He goes, yeah, tell that to Patterson. He's been strapped to a desk in crypto for the last three years. They mentioned crypto in the script. And instead of crypto... <laughs> Yeah, it says here, tell that to Patterson. He's been strapped to a desk in Krypton for three years. Oh, my gosh. Maybe he's in outer space. (laughs) He's working with Superman now. and (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's crypto. Thank goodness they didn't say Krypton in the actual episode for the last three years. He goes, you might might as well have asked for my resignation. He's like, hey, if anybody gets out of the country with at least that's an ISP, we'll all be looking for a new job. Francine doesn't look too uh, happy about that. She looks a little uncomfortable. Now we're at uh, Alice Babcock's house. I'm not going to even try and do her hyphenated name. <laughs> uh, and she's yelling at her brother saying, it's starting all over again. You can, He goes, you can thank your brother for that. Look it. No one was hurt and I cleaned it all up. She goes, what's next, Ron? Another murder? I'll give you the money to stop now. He goes, I don't want your money. She goes, then why? What are you going to get by making another mistake? Oh, mistake? And then he says, was it a mistake to uh, you with me and Weathers and get you that nice apartment and the fancy car? Was it a mistake to buy the invitation so you could rub elbows with the glitzy people? She goes, I would have met Alan anyways. He goes, I'm just a two-bit detective, but I can tell you don't really believe that. So we're getting the sense that because of all the nasty stuff that she did back in the day, she was able to set herself up to meet her now husband and have this wonderful life. So the brother's making her feel guilty about it, which, 
you know, brothers are great for that. <laughs> Here's your one chance, chance, you don't let me down. <laughs> a perfect song choice. <laughs> he goes, you were in this uh, six years ago and you're still in it, like it or not. Which he doesn't really need her at this point. I don't understand why he has to. Anyway, she's upset and she goes, tells the chauffeur that put away the car. She's not going anywhere. Now they've used this, this whole little street here multiple times. They used it in uh, the, uh, the Long Christmas Eve with Santa. Uh, and they also just used it recently for the photo finish episode when they went to go visit that lawyer who knew the Green Dragon. They used the same storefront. So Lee's vehicle is out front and they are in Mrs. W's, Mrs. Washington's uh, uh, little gift shop, curios and gifts. And so this is Spicken's widow and they're trying to get some information from her. And she's like, I thought it was all over. I didn't stay in touch with the, the treasury department. She goes, yes, well, Mrs. Spicken's, we found a man's body. And then she pulls out that stone and she says, this is all we have. And then she obviously recognizes it and moves off. She goes, we were in college. I made us rings with matching stones. So obviously that's her, uh, her husband. And then she says, where was he? And uh, he says, in a construction site here in D.C., he died six years ago. And then she seems relieved. She's like, he never left me. And she seems sentimental given that he, like, well, yeah. I'm not here. We cheated on her. Yeah, and, and she knew like, he cheated. Yeah. I would have been like, on the stone. Yeah. <laughs> it meant nothing to him. Good riddance, right. sir. <laughs> She's still wearing hers. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought was. I mean, obviously, that's they want to be able to show, like, oh yeah, it's the same exact. I know. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. She, you know, it's kind of like when someone dies, you they become like this. They get put on this pedestal, and you forget about all the bad things that they brought with them. Yeah, you know, and you only kind of remember the good things. You know, so that's probably what happened here. Where had he been, you know, around and left her, she would have moved on and would have hated him. And, you know, so in in the way that she, he kind of just left and she never found out anything. There was no closure. So she's kind of kept that that flame burning, I guess. Maybe that's the only thing I can think of. Could be. Yeah. She's literally beautiful, though. So I hope she yeah. was just waiting around for this deadbeat. <laughs> yeah. No she sounds kind of like she's got an accent that she's kind of hiding. Did you guys pick up on that at all? Or no? Hmm. I, I didn't. I, I, didn't. I didn't, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it just, there was something, I can't remember what word she said, but it was, she, it was like she was, like a, a an accent came out. <clears throat> and maybe it was just something I misheard. I don't know. So she withheld information, not because she was trying to be secretive or anything. It was just she didn't want to. She probably didn't want to acknowledge it in her own mind and acknowledge the fact that she cheated on her and, you know, share all these intimate things that she had to endure, you know, of reading the love letters and things like that. So she pulls that out and she said she followed him one night to an apartment he was keeping in Georgetown. And she said, I found these. And he had kept his letters um, from his mistress right out in the open where I could find them. Well, it's not like he was expecting you to go into his apartment. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> He just kept him out anywhere. I could just walk in and find him <laughs> after I picked, uh, uh, broke into his apartment and everything. <laughs> she said, we fought. He stormed out. I never saw him again. She goes, this woman, do you have a name on her? And she said, she signed everything with an A, like for Alice. She said, that's even more than she wanted to know. Yeah, right. 
toilet letter A. Exactly. She says uh, she didn't think it mattered uh, who it was. Maybe they can help you now. So a, a car just happens to move off. This is in D.C., guys. So a car just happens to move off, and then he has, oh, there's a nice little parking spot for trash to pull up into. Not funny how that works. <laughs> so he pulls up, and as Lee and Amanda are now leaving the store, they look out, and they see Trask in his vehicle, and they're like, hey, aren't we, like, uh, no one should know where we're at? And she's like, yeah, just Mr. Melrose. And he's like, that seems weird. So his little spidey senses are going off. And so now he's like, you go out, you take uh, Mrs. Spickens out back and go around the side and watch my back. And I'm going to go see what he wants, which is really smart. He, he parallel parks pretty well with one arm. Mm-hmm. Can you guys parallel he park? Throw, he doesn't throw very well with one arm. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no can you guys parallel park no oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. me too we lane... have a lot around here where you oh have, you have to, to. Have to know how to yeah do it. yeah lane makes lane will stop the car and i have to get out and go around and park it for him oh! he, he gets too frustrated with what? it he just gets so frustrated with it so i just do it because it's the pressure people are waiting on you and all that so he just he'll stop and then i'll get out and then i i parallel park for him it's cool. I I, it makes me feel like i'm i'm, I'm needed you know yeah. <laughs> the useful skill yes so trask uh pulls up and he's watching and waiting for them to probably to just come out you know just as they're coming out so he can throw the bomb at them i would imagine i guess and lee's comes out he goes aren't we on a 303 so that must mean nobody knows where they're at which is kind of weird he goes i think i'll see how he wants to play it Take her around back just in case and work your way around the street to watch my back. My favorite play thing to do, Lee. <laughs> watch your backside, baby. Yeah. So he comes out and then he pretends like he just happens to see him and he's like, oh, Trask, what are you doing down here? He goes, been looking all over for you. I finally got smart and called your office. He goes, you did? He goes, yeah. He goes, I th- think I got a good lead on that bomb. Where's your partner? He goes, inside. He goes, why don't you go get her and I'll explain. He goes, I'll explain on the way. He's like, okay. And then he turns around and then Amanda sees it and then calls out his name. Like she has in so many episodes saving his ass. And then Lee turns around and shoots and kablooey. He's a marshmallow. A dark marshmallow. A a burnt, burnt marshmallow. (laughs) Black. In the script, it's a little different. So when they, they leave... They go to Mrs. Spicken's apartment. They don't go to her storefront like that. And as Lee and Amanda exit and walk toward the parking lot, Amanda says, we don't have much chance this woman will spill it, uh, still be at the same address Mrs. Spickens gave us. And Lee says, I know, but maybe someone will remember her. She, and Amanda says, Lee. And he goes, what? She goes, after we're married, if the going starts getting tough, don't disappear, okay? And he says, don't worry about it. Like, Okay, could you That's add? The yeah, what? could you could you add? Don't, don't worry, worry, that will never happen, it. or I wouldn't leave, or you know, don't worry yeah. about that. I just yeah, thought that, that was kind of weird. Better. It is a little different though. So Ron Taylor, I remember it, instead of Trask, uh, appears behind Lee and Amanda and shoves a gun in their backs. Let's just keep moving to the car. And Lee says, "Taylor," he goes, "Get in the car and shut up." As they move toward Taylor's 
ND car, nondescript car, I guess. So traveling now, as it snakes up a country road, Lee says, you cut it pretty close with your bomb. Tricky stuff. Gelignite? Taylor says, but minimal blast. The way I rigged it, mostly fire. I figured if I took a rap, you'd count me out. And the man says, want to tell us where we're going? He says, a long ways out of the way. Just keep driving. And she says, do you think making us disappear is going to be that simple? He says, so far, it's no, no problem. And Lee says, so what's it worth to you? What's the price of getting rid of two federal agents? Taylor says, enough. He goes, we can get you more. And Taylor says, I'm a cop, remember? Save the games. Lee says, yeah, I guess you're not up for any of those. And then what happens is they exchange a look and Amanda knows the drill. She discreetly braces herself. And after a beat, Lee suddenly jerks the steering wheel, crashing Taylor into the side of the car. He turns to wrestle with Taylor as Amanda grabs the wheel. The car is all over the place. Lee knocks the gun loose. And as the car approaches a sharp hairpin curve, Lee yells jump. And then Amanda and Lee jump out of the car and it goes over and trashed guys that way. That is so complicated. <laughs> that is ridiculous. And more expensive. Yep. So now it's just a car boom, crash. exploding car. You're done. And now he's a toasty marshmallow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's how that that's how it ended there, on uh, in the script. I just thought that was a little different. I want to talk about Amanda's belt. I really like her little belt with her little white pants and her light white shirt, and then the, the, the white and gray sweater. The the brass belt's really cute. Like right as they walk into the office. Yep. Right as it. they're coming in the office. 2709. Oh, yeah, that belt is cool. Isn't that a cool belt? That belt is cool. I know, yes. it's really pretty. I like that. <laughs> it's not just cool, it's cool. It's that so is cute. a cool belt. Yeah. And I like Francine's color, yeah. her earrings. Yeah, I, I like the earrings. I like black and the teal. I like. Yeah. Yeah. Her hair is definitely more um square looking to me. Like it's. It's looking a little fried. Yeah. Man's belt looks painful. It's cute, but like I can see it digging. <laughs> yeah, but they're thin. They don't have the, the yeah, muffin top to that that would that. dig. They don't have to worry about the belly. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, Billy confirms that uh, Lee's ISP was in the last batch that Spickens was working on before he disappeared. So, not good. Uh, the ghost of Lee Stetson past was bad enough. Now we've got to worry about Lee Stetson the future. <laughs> so now we're back at the convention center and Weathers is meeting with Taggart. Weathers is golfing because he's a white old man. What else do they do? Um, <laughs> sorry, a white old rich man. <laughs> what else do they do? He's on his little car phone for his golf cart. <laughs> And uh, he's like, I'm a simple man, as he's talking on a car phone in the 80s on his golf cart. (laughs) I like money and I sell paper that'll take you anywhere. And so Taggart warns him, he is like, this better not come back at me because I I will do more than come after you for the money. (laughs) And now we're at the Isle of Capri in a restaurant. And Amanda and Joe are having lunch. There's yellow flowers on the table, of course. They're both having a hard time communicating with each other which is funny because they were married for you know so long and uh they're talking about the weather and how it's warm in there and then they she finally just says this is silly why are we you know why is it so hard for us to talk I hate this scene I have to say this is what this is again one of those moments where I cringe why does she say I love you 
I know she was going to say, you know, I love you, but, you know, not in the yeah, same way. Just painfully. Oh, I, I don't know why she says it. I don't know why. I, I hate she it. just let him go first. Well, she's also grabbing his hand a lot, which I guess yeah. is okay, but it's just kind of too much. They are pretty touchy-feely, but at the same time, like, how this plays out is so uncomfortable. When you just <laughs> so said, bad. I would have oh. still said, oh, that's great. And by the way, I'm too, I too am getting married, you know? I feel like also Lee really wound her up. He was so convinced that Joe wanted to like confess yeah. his love for her. I like, think you're right together. on. Mm-hmm. She was not, she was not thinking this right. right. It was just going to be lunch. Like he wants to get with, uh, like have lunch with me and it'll yep. be fine. And he's like, no, he wants to get with you. He wants to get back in your <laughs> pants, girl. And so thinking like, I need to set him straight. And so, and then it just plays out so terribly. Ugh. I I hate I do I I don't like this scene (laughs) I wish she would have just told him you know and been like hey boom I have a surprise too hey I have some news for you listen to me yeah I hate it so I'm gonna move on from that scene because I don't care for it but I am gonna read (sighs) what happens in the script which is different so Lee and Amanda exit Billy's office and she's like we're gonna are we gonna go check out that mystery woman he goes and I'll cut to the chase. He's like, no, you have, you need to go, go talk to Joe. And she's like, no, I'll, I'll just cancel. I'll cancel our lunch. He goes, you sure you want to do that? She's like, I've got to work. He goes, don't worry about it. I'll cover for you. It's not a question of covering for me. We've got work we have to do. And I, and he goes, you don't want to have to, you don't want to talk to Joe. She goes, of course I do. And then a beat. And she says, all right, I'm nervous. And he goes, go have lunch and just be as honest and open as you can. And if he makes a scene, get sick and leave. <laughs> excellent, excellent strategy, Lee. Wow, that that scriptwriter for Lee that did not grasp the characters, didn't grasp them. Well, and then in the script, uh, when she goes to meet Joe, it's a little different. She, and she's like, "I couldn't eat another bite." And he says, "It took long enough to work to. It took enough work to get here. I'm glad we finally got together." And the man says, "Me too." And he says, well, how are you, Amanda? She says, I'm fine. Why? He goes, you seem a little uncomfortable. I guess I guess I know why. And she goes, you do? He says, I've been a nervous wreck this entire meal. I know I'm not very good at hiding things on my mind. Come on, Joe. We know each other well enough to just say what's on our minds. Come right out with it. Any darn thing. It's a coincidence. But I've got something important. I've got to tell you, and I don't know how. So I'll just listen. He goes, I'm getting married. And Amanda, sipping her wine, almost does a spit take. As she coughs, Joe gets up and crosses to her. Joe continues, says, are you all right? And she says, I'm fine. Sit down. I just want to, it just went down the wrong way. He goes, I shouldn't have just sprung it on you like this. She goes, don't be silly. I would have done the same thing. It's wonderful. He goes, you mean it? She goes, of course I do. I'm surprised. Boy, am I surprised, but happy. He goes, Carrie and I have been seeing each other on and off since I got back to D.C. She's so damn jealous of you, Amanda. She thinks you're a competition. He goes, imagine. She goes, yeah. And he goes, but now that she's landed me, I, I want you to get to be good friends. Did I make the right decision? She goes, you did, Joe. He goes, you know, the funny thing is, since I've moved back to Washington, I've been seeing you and the boys more than I ever did when we were married. I hope I didn't mislead you. Well, you know, being around so much. She goes, no, not at all. Uh, he goes, it's kind of strange telling you this, but you're the first person to know. I guess in a funny way, I want your blessing. She goes, you know you have it. She raises her wine glass. Congratulations and a long, happy life. And they toast. He goes, you, you know, Amanda, 
now that I think about it, if you ever get married again, she goes, yeah. He goes, don't invite me for lunch and spring it on me. I don't think I could be as composed as you are. Now, what's your news? She goes, ah, Philip's got a C in history. And he toasts again. He goes, things are looking up. <laughs> I like the way that that played out so much Yeah, better. I do too. It's uh, oh, so cringy. I just can't. It's just yeah. too cringy. Yeah, I like that better. Mm-hmm. That plays out so much better. Ugh. But I wish she would have just told him. I know. Tell someone, damn it. Tell yeah. anyone. God. <laughs> Anybody. Yeah. Like, come yeah, on. Literally anyone. Ugh. I love it. She's like, you're getting married. Did you, did you say you're getting married? <laughs> <laughs> now there's also a little something different too. So when, when the film version, the film version of this scene ends, she's in the car with Lee and explaining to him, you know, how how the call how that went and that he's getting married. Why is she still holding his hand? Please stop. I think what was her name? Kelly or Karen, Carrie? Carrie has, has every right to be jealous, just like Lita. Yeah, way too close to be exes. They're, They're still right calling each other sweetheart and all that. But they yeah. have the kids together. Like yeah, I know a lot of people that have kids together that are no longer married and they call each other bitch and asshole. You know, so. <laughs> I know a few people. So, yeah, so you don't have to like have all the animosity, but you do not right. need to be like kiss, there, kiss, yeah, uh, touchy, touch, yes. having lunch. <laughs> boys are still boys. Like there's <sighs> teens and preteens, so like. Yeah, yeah, you can have a relationship, but you don't need to have, you don't yes. need to be like calling each other sweetheart, giving each other kisses. It's just, yes. it's a little Having off. lunch together, like privately. Yeah. Like, like, it's just not needed. They both have their own partners in their own lives. I'm not hung up on the problem of the point of them having lunch together. If they can cordially meet and discuss, you know, the, their mutual business business with the kids and everything, that's that's cool. It's the kissing and the sweetheart and the hand holding and all that stuff. It's just a little odd to me. It, but it's a man's personality. I know it is. It's just that's what I have a hang up with. I don't have a hang up with them <laughs> being cordial to each other. I I I think that's how oh, it no, should be. I, I just have helping. a. I just think it's really strange that they still that kiss that they're such hold hands friends, so. and they call each other sweetheart in but front of the other significant is, other as, as the boys like you know when you're a child of divorced parents you're always thinking like oh are my parents gonna get back together that would be so confusing as kids yes. even when they're in their teens or whatever that would be so confusing yeah that would to see their parents interacting in that way but knowing that they're not gonna be together it would also be it would hurt like it would hurt yeah. a little bit yeah, I can see family that. To be together, so I don't think they approach it right. But this is just a show. I'm just. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I agree. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with my both my parents, you know, but I so I don't know, but I would imagine that would be confusing as hell because you'd be like, wait, why are you still? Why you guys seem to really still love each other? You know. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't try and parent trap their asses because yeah, this is like a perfect situation for it. And I know Kate and Sam are, you know, were really close. They were good friends and such. So I know they have that rapport where they're going to, they're, you couldn't keep them from being touchy feely probably anyway. So I guess that's part of it probably that, that familiarity, but it's just, it is, it's a little strange. Yes. So in the script immediately following that after Amanda and Joe have lunch, they're in an agency car traveling 
Uh, Lee is behind the wheel. Amanda's next to him. Amanda says, but what was I going to say? Congratulations, by the way, I'm getting married too. He goes, you got a point. She goes, I really wanted to tell him. He goes, no, you didn't. You really wanted to know how he felt if it, if it would hurt him a beat. And then you got that, Amanda. He'd be just as happy for you and you are, are as you are for him. She goes, I really am happy for him. He goes, I know you are. And then, it, the, then we skip to another scene. But in the film version, when they talk, he goes, well, you're happy for him. She goes, yeah, you could tell there's a little hesitation there that she's kind of like it makes it, it to me, at least how I read it is that she's happy for him, but she still feels a little strange about it. Did you guys pick up that, too? You're yeah, nodding ahead. Yeah. OK. Yes. Yes. They didn't have that in the script at all. That wasn't there. But Amanda was definitely kind of like it was kind of like she was hurt, like. How dare he move on and marry somebody else, even though she didn't want him. You know, she right. obviously she traded up for sure. Right. Yeah. But it's more of a what I would imagine you would feel like I didn't want him, but nobody else can have him kind of right. thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, especially after Lee wound her up saying, yes, oh, I no, think you're right. to get back with you. Like probably right. she wasn't even thinking that. And then he was so adamant about it. And instead it's the exact opposite. Like. He doesn't want her. He wants someone. <laughs> he's uncomfortable because he wants to tell you he's getting married to somebody else. And he's been dating yeah. her since he got back to the States. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Great. Okay. That's thanks, Lee. Thanks, thanks for that, Lee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lee is now at a, a Denovan equity and we see a girl. She picks up her, her mail off of her uh, front step and she's in a raincoat with uh, black stilettos and, <laughs> She looks like an adult uh, Morton Salt girl. <laughs> Super bizarre. Like a Halloween costume, sexy yeah. version of a Halloween. Right. Uh, of a uh, Morton Salt girl. That's funny. Yeah. Complete with huge shoulder pads. Yeah, they are. What's the theme on this thing? They look, at, they look at each other and he's kind of like, you know, looking at her and she's looking at him and. Hey, move on, buddy. You're 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 already uh, taken. Already taken, buddy. Move along. <laughs> so this is a cute little scene. So this is the actress that I mentioned. This is her first acting gig. This is the actress Jacqueline Shelvin, who plays Becky Sue. She's kind of she's kind of cute in a charming little way. There. He knocks on the door and and uh, she goes, "Hi, I'm Becky Sue." <laughs> he goes, "Hello, <laughs> Becky Sue." She goes, "Come on in." Her little pigtails. He goes, uh, Becky Sue, I'm here. And she goes, come on over, sit down. <laughs> Honey, I got chicken and mashed potatoes. All kinds of things we can have fun with. <laughs> he goes, it's like she some goes, food fetish thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's called splashing. <laughs> yeah, it's called splashing. Okay. I don't do it. I'm just telling you what it is. You've never heard that? Oh, I haven't. I've heard a lot of things. I haven't heard that. They had, mm-hmm. it was on uh, HBO, like those sex shows they have, like the the documentary oh. ones, you know, where they, you know, people have fetishes and they explain it. So that's how I learned about it, just for the record. But people, okay. they will like take cakes and then like smush them all between the two people and then like chocolate syrup. Oh, and I just looked it up and, and yes, you're right. Jeez. Oh God, don't look it up. Are you crazy? <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> Why did we get caught in a tornado? <laughs> There's actually a the freedictionary.com has the definition. <laughs> I 
don't read it out loud. No, read it. Read it. Come on, give it to us. The more you know. This just has the normal definitions, actually. Okay. So it is. It's where they smush like the food and like all over their pot body parts, and then they have sex. Yeah, and it's this quite is messy. Refers to the act of incorporating food into your sex life. Yes. In a they very messy way. They so much tamer than smush bot. They smush cake in their crevices, and <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they get like squishy foods. They get like, from what the documentary thing I watched, Lane and I watched, they it's like very squishy and like sticky and you know syrupy Ugh. and stuff like that the logical combo of wet and messy with food i'm sorry yeah, logical no. does not when you're shoving yeah. those food especially for women there's things that can go inside you um no that is a messy 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 thing yeah that's a fetish i would not get into because it's so <laughs> messy i'm too much yeah, of a clean freak hard no for me yeah same here. Uh, I think I've used uh, whipped cream, and that, that's yeah, that's, that's pretty common. And I think that that's would, it. That would make sense. Yeah, I think I think for the most part, as long as you stay mostly external, it's you can make yeah. it work. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, Lee's like uh, Becky. I hate to break this to you, but I'm not your big fella. That's right. He's Amanda's <laughs> big fella. She goes, "You're not Steve from Nebraska." He goes, "No, I'm Lee from the government, the federal part." <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely ready for someone from Nebraska. Yep, yep, she totally is. She goes, ah, and she yells out, Ramona! And this beefy woman comes in. Lou looks like she could play for the the 49ers. She's tough as hell, man, those glasses. I know, I like her. She's like, he's federal. She goes, all right, if you're going to a restaurant, I want to know the charges. I want to see your warrant, and I want to see your badge number. She goes, I'm a member of the bar, so don't mess with me. He goes, Ramona, I'm just here looking for for some information. She goes, you missed the library by about two blocks. I, I like, feel like her and Francine are long-lost cousins or something. <laughs> She's like, like a, a much harder. Like an aunt. You know, this she is could, Francine and she had to walk a harder walk of life. I could see that. So he threatens them. He says, you know, I could have 10, 12 cop cars, cops out here for years if you want. Or you could just give me some information and I'll just be a history for you. And then so he, he asks about... If, if they could remember this person and she's like you know how many girls have been here in the past six years and then she looks she says i should have known federal agent you're after the senator's wife aren't you he goes i'm after the woman who last saw him alive and then becky sue goes he's dead gross <laughs> and then starts eating her chicken so i feel like the actress that played becky sue probably should have been younger but Maybe she just looks older than she actually is. Yeah, I mean, she might find that somebody's because she's only she only acted twice. This is her first one, so oh really? Yeah, so it's probably she just somebody was like, "Hey, could you play this part for us?" You know, and she did it. That's where I get the sense because otherwise, either she got lucky and got a part and never got one again, or she just got lucky because yeah, she knew she was somebody. Yeah, she the right place at the right time. And knew somebody, is what I'm I thinking. I guess that you said it was, only, it was only two parts. Like, I heard you say this was her first, but I didn't Yeah, this is her first, only. and I said her first and second to last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. Yeah. But she she looks older than, like, you would expect that that character right. to be, like, 20. <laughs> like, the girl, like the girl in the hallway. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what she does with that freaky giant doll thing behind me. <laughs> it's definitely a little creep. Uh, it's like a clown, yeah. clown doll. Yeah. 
Maybe there's, I, I don't know that fetish. Sorry, Jen, you're going to have to yeah. research that one on your own. I knew the splashing one. That was it. <laughs> and chicken and mashed potato. Although mashed potatoes are like, you know, squishy. So maybe mashed potatoes could be splashy. Dear God, what a terrible fetish. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm surprised I can uh, remember I the name want, of it. But. I don't want to cake shame anyone, but that just—that's that's a little much. Yeah. Ugh. Did you say cake shame or kink shame? Kink. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, so, so then Lee says, "What senator are we talking about?" She goes, "The one from the Midwest, Babcock." She goes, "Your friend here was her previous suitor." So now they know who the mystery woman is. So they've got all the parts, and now they just have to put it all together. In the film version, this is where uh, Lee and Amanda are talking about uh, her her lunch with Joe. He goes, we're just going to have to keep it a secret a little bit longer. She goes, we're going to tell them, though, him, though. He goes, right. Yeah. Then he'll be as happy for you as you are for him. And this is where she's like, right. And then she kind of has a look. I don't know. I Maybe I'm reading into it, but Lexi picked up on it, too. I just... It doesn't seem like she's all as happy for him as, as she doesn't. It's not like I'm saying she wants Joe back because she doesn't. It's not that. It's more of she just feels like no one's supposed to come after me kind of thing. Yeah, that's probably weird. A little weird. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, Joe already said that it would be uncomfortable for yeah. him too. So. so, yeah, he's acknowledging her feeling, you know, what she was yeah. what she's probably feeling as well. Good. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so now Amanda and Lee are at the Babcock residence. Uh, senators are doing uh, really well back in the 80s, apparently. My gosh. It's quite an estate. Seriously. Yeah. He's probably old money. That's how he became a senator. Oh, yeah, probably. And how he became a senator. <laughs> yep, exactly. Probably. Lee and Amanda are introduced. I like how Amanda has her badge and she just kind of flips it out. That's kind of cool. And there's her cool belt again, Lex. That 34, oh, 38. Cool belt, man. Uh, and then Curly Q's got her uh, bathrobe on, so it must be early, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and sh- they're there to ask about Luther Spick, and she's like, I'm sorry? It's like, oh, okay, you're not an actress, okay, honey? <laughs> he goes, how about Ron Trask? And she says, if you have questions, why don't you ask him? And, sh- and Amanda says, he's dead, Mrs. Babcock. And then all of a sudden, she just passes out. <laughs> that is quite a house, my gosh. And yeah, quite a ring. Did you see her ring when she put her her hand like that? She's got a rock. That is a big rock. So she's explaining now what happens that she had just moved to Washington and Ron was helping her settle in. He had left, uh, had met Luther in a bar and had hatched the whole plan with him. And then Ron wanted her to seduce Luther. And she's saying he was trapped in a terrible marriage, which it didn't seem that terrible. His wife seemed pretty understanding and loving to him. But, you know, who knows? I'm sure that's what he told her, you know. I was going to say men lie. She says he just wanted someone to talk, uh, someone he could talk to. Women seduce men for a lot less. And then Amanda, Amanda gives a look like, uh, do they? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What did you do with the IDs once Luther delivered them to you? She said, Ron had an arrangement with a man named Weathers. He paid us and did what he wanted with the IDs. He goes, so why was Luther killed? She, she said he wouldn't, she wouldn't run away with him to France. He got demanding, and Ron decided he was dangerous. And then so he shot him, she said, and she, she goes, yeah. After that, uh, I, she was already embedded in society and, you know, up with the Uptown group. And Alan and I were married that same year. Funny how things work out. Yeah, okay, that's, some people wouldn't say that's funny, but okay. <laughs> 
It's uh, like she's just like put it all out there. Like, does she have no fear? She of doesn't. Any? Yeah, she doesn't understand. Like, she told them she's coming clean, right? But she, you could tell by how she's saying things. Like, it's funny, isn't it? And it's like, dude, like, two yeah, people like, are dead now. And and yeah, and because you're, you're an accomplice. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you go into jail. Do you not get the fact that you should be going to jail? Right. Yeah. So it's very odd. She is being helpful, though. She says that Weathers uh, can be found at his convention center. Again, in the script, it was his his amusement park. And she goes, well, I guess you'll find out anyway. Weathers has a new ISP on the market. Uh, and then Amanda says, one Luther main? She said, yes. Luther was delivering it the night Ron shot him. When Luther's body was found, Ron somehow got the pass and gave it to Weathers to sell. And then she looks over at Lee and she says, it's yours. And he's like, I know. Oh, boy. So now we're at the convention center and, and Taggart and Weathers are meeting up to do the exchange. And Amanda and Lee are there and they're trying to get a hold of their backup uh, through their, their portable uh, radios and they're just not getting through. So the, Lee says they're at least 10 miles away then. So they're looking for Weathers now. And Weathers and Taggart are in the little trolley car thing. Not really smart of Weathers to go to that meeting alone. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously in hindsight, but I mean, he's an old man. What does he think? It's I, business. I know, but like this guy's a badass, you know, and he's beefy as him. hell. Just ask Lexi. Very true. Taggart's playing along. He's like, hey, here's your money. And then Weathers gives him the ISP. And then Taggart's like, yeah, I'm going to clean everything up and pulls out a gun and Weathers acts like he's surprised. Like, dude, you get you lay down with dogs. You're gonna get down. You're gonna pick up fleas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saint Andrews was the name on the trolley car. Oh, yeah, I tried to look it up, and actually, I think it was in the uh, information on this episode. But I'm not sure if, that, if it's at the golf car, uh, course that it's cited. Um, it was. It's a golf course in like uh, California. But I couldn't find these cable cars. These cable yeah. cars are very unique. They seem like in a different area. Yeah. It's very really, uh, It makes me want to Google. Right. Yeah, I was. I couldn't really find anything, though. You can Google better than me, so I'll find it, Miranda. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. So. Taggart is... Um, Asked, he's like, how will I know if this is valid? And he goes, oh, somebody will put a gun to your head and take you away. And he looks at him like, yeah, not funny, old man. He goes, don't sit on it, Taggart. If there is a suspicion, it'll still take some time to pull the clearances. Wreak your havoc post-haste. He goes, I intend to. And I intend to cover all my tracks as he pulls out his gun with a silencer on it. That doesn't bode well for you there, old man. So Lee and Amanda are coming closer and closer to this and they finally see down below, they see that uh, Taggart's got Weathers with a gun and they jump in another car and head that way so that they can, you know, meet up with them. They actually see Taggart shoot Weathers. He falls to the ground. Uh, They jump in the car and then head down and Lee's telling her that he's going to go chase after Taggart and that she needs to check on Weathers. And then he said, get a hold of Billy. That guy, you know, if he gets past me, he's he's gone with his ISP. So the cars are coming at each other and kind of veering away as they pass. And then Lee, Lee jumps out of his and Amanda's car and then jumps into Taggart's. And then Taggart sees him. And then there's, you know, obviously 
uh, fight ensues. Chaos ensues, right, Miranda? Luckily, neither one of them can shoot where they're damn, apparently, because they're right next to each other and they can't shoot each other. <laughs> so Lee gets the gun away from him. Then Taggart comes after him, gets Lee's gun away from him. And then both of them get some good punches in. And then Taggart throws Lee off the side, which Lee does help him. Lee, like, lifts his leg over the side <laughs> to help him. Bruce's stunt double does. So Lee's dangling off the side. And they come to the part where they can jump off. So Taggart runs off. Lee jumps down and then chases after him. Amanda gets to Weathers and he's like a got foot in the door already to death. He's barely hanging on. Earlier in when he was talking to Taggart, he coughed too. Like it, it kind of set it up. I kind of presume that he's like not doing like maybe he had cancer or something like that and was dying anyways and she's like here let me help you and he goes you don't have to i've already got one foot in the door <laughs> and then he says tell taggart when you get him i'm keeping a place for him in hell <laughs> and then he's coughing i like her little uh moccasins shoes she's got on those are cute have you guys ever heard of industry california no is that where it's so at? Industry, industry california it's called industry hills golf club and the eisenhower course of that golf club has these cable cars oh wow okay so it is that's cool and industry california is like just to the east of la like near like west covina and hacienda heights i just never heard of it i, mean, I have not either that's cool though oh it does say it, it says st andrews golf and convention center it says right there uh at 4050 yeah, but I don't think either that's an old name or it's it's Industry Hills Golf Club at the Pacific Palms Resort. So that's the real name. Hmm. Uh, maybe they changed it in the yeah, cause, I mean, fake sign. Well, the, there's a sign, but also remember it said it on the, on the trolley car too. So um, if you pull up the if you pull up the map of the golf course, it calls it St. Andrews Station. Oh, that's why. Okay. It's beautiful. I want to go there now. It's gorgeous. It's it's two two 18-hole golf courses. It's huge. Wow. That's that's huge. Especially in California. Yeah. Yeah. There's this giant hill, which is why they have this. That's why they have it. Okay. But man, I just didn't know that was there. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I'll have to look it up. That's really neat. Well, thanks for Googling it for us. You, you Google and found it faster than I Google and found it. There you go, Jess. Yes, I beat Miranda. Yes, I mean, how does that even happen? <laughs> well, if you look at some of these pictures, it is steep up this hill. I mean, just yeah. like it is on this episode, but creative, creative way to get golf carts up there. Yeah. Or golfers. In the, um, in the script, remember I said it was an amusement park. So the, the, uh, how they handle like it's there's a log ride involved and things like that so it's a lot different than these trolley cars for sure (laughs) (laughs) weathers says to amanda as amanda approaches weathers is barely conscious as amanda rolls him over he looks up at her he's after the hartford nuclear reactor and amanda says just lie still i'll call an ambulance and Weathers says you don't have to honey i already got one foot in the door tell taggart when you get him i'm saving him a place in hell he closes his eyes for the last time. Amanda grabs her walkie-talkie and then goes from there. So oh, that's depressing. But yeah. at least he was being helpful at the end, I guess. Like, he didn't have anything else to, you know, to gain from it. So the cavalry has just arrived, and they're trying to, still trying to get Lee and Amanda on the radio. Francine tries to get a hold of them again, and she hasn't gotten them. 
now we see Taggart and he's running past in the convention center and he sees a ATV vehicle with a cop and he shows his, his new ISP and says, taking this, you know, and he runs after him. And then his name is Peaks and he's at the upper station. Get somebody down here right away. And then Lee comes running past and then a man calls to Lee and says, can you hear me? And he says, yeah, I copy you. He goes, she says, Weathers didn't make it. And she goes, he told me the name of the man you are after is Taggart. Taggart has your ISP. He goes, good, then he's not that far ahead of me. And then Francine says, we copy that. And she says, Lee's ISP is on the run. So then Billy gets on the radio and tells the all the police there to detain Lee Stetson and check all IDs. <laughs> and he says, that's a federal order. So then these guys, these yahoos, <laughs> He goes, Lee, Lee then walks up and says, I'm, I'm a federal agent. He goes, yeah, let me take a look at that. He goes, he goes, go ahead. I'm, I'm federal. He goes, why don't you just relax? He goes, wait for verification. He goes, like hell. He goes, Billy, this is scarecrow. <laughs> and the guy knocks the radio out. He goes, who just said that? He goes, Bernard Peake, center security. We've got orders to hold this guy Stetson. He goes, Billy, will you tell this pancake? <laughs> I love that he calls him <laughs> <a> pancake. <laughs> He goes, that's, that's the real Stetson. Let him go. He goes, what? He goes, you heard me. Let him go. <laughs> and then he takes his ATV. Those were probably fun to drive around too. Yeah. They banned those three-wheel ones though. Those are dangerous. Yeah, they are. My uh, nephew got uh, seriously injured, almost died from one. So Amanda, Billy calls out to see where Amanda is and she's in her golf cart driving and he's, she's like, I'm on my way back to the convention center. And he says, where's Lee? She goes, in pursuit. He goes, all right, we'll, we'll cover. So now Taggart and Lee, Lee caught up pretty, pretty well, actually, because uh, he got detained. And they're all over the place in this convention center. And then they go driving through and they go through this tent where somebody was obviously having a wedding. And Amanda tries to swerve and, and uh, misdirect Taggart. And they go crashing in there into the wedding. And then they come out the other end and they've got flowers and cake everywhere. Mm-hmm. That poor wedding. Yeah. The bride and groom come running out after. And so eventually Lee catches up to him. They get uh, thrown into. Billy helps to swerve him into the parked box truck. And Lee finally gets him. Oh, a red old doodle bug. Do you see that one? In the parking lot right there. Mm-hmm. And so Taggart goes running into the vehicle and, and Lee jumps off and he's, he's got, yes, I see it. How yeah, cute. isn't that a cute one? And, uh, he's like, I believe you have something that belongs to me. And then grabs his ISP. <laughs> and then Billy goes, we'll get your own ID downtown. <laughs> and then Amanda comes, pl- pl- plows into the, all the boxes and everything. And, and she comes out, gets off and Billy goes, nice driving Amanda. She's like, thank you, sir. <laughs> And then she looks over and turns and then he shoves cake into her face. And they're both like, hmm, that's cute. Now, would you like to hear the script version before or after the real version? After the real version. After the real version? Okay. Yeah. All right. I like the periwinkle. I agree. I think it's pretty. I think so. Yeah, it's pretty. But it looks like pajamas. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, just the way she's sitting there and it does not the color. <laughs> it's pajamas I... with shoulder yeah there's shoulder pads in there (laughs) you have no idea how those were the bane of my existence in the 80s my shoulders are already huge and putting those things on top of them would have been a nightmare so i always noticed them yeah yeah that was 
it was a huge thing back then. Amanda's sitting at her desk and she's got a cake in front of her. <laughs> and then she's got her date book uh, that she's looking through as well. Lee comes in and he tells her that he just talked to Alice. She's got a tough road ahead of her, uh, but she's holding up. And I guess, does that mean she's got a tough road ahead of her in jail? Or does that mean she's got a tough road ahead of her to get through this, like past all this? I hope it's in jail. Uh, I hope she deserves to be in jail. Mm-hmm. And a divorce. And <laughs> what else can we put on her? Yeah. <laughs> but she's a senator's wife, so yep. I wouldn't be surprised if she sees, sees no problem, does no time. Yeah, I have a feeling she's, you're right on. The only thing she has to get over is her brother's death. Yeah. Right? That's BS. Anybody else, they'd throw the book at him. Yep. So Lee grabs his little uh, calendar and says, we missed our blood tests. And she's like, yep, that sets us back another two weeks. He goes, all right, then two weeks from today. And then she just smirks at him and he goes, uh, Amanda, you having a birthday uh, or something I don't know about? She's like, no. He goes, oh, well, then what's that? It, it's a cake. It's a cake. Yep. I can see it's a cake. Uh, what's it for? She's like, oh, it's uh." It's a sample wedding cake. <laughs> she picks it up. <laughs> Would you like a taste? He's like, uh, no, uh, I think I can wait two weeks. She goes, you sure? He goes, yeah, I'm sure. She goes, okay. And he turns around and he goes, you wouldn't dare. She's like, no. And as soon as he turns around, <laughs> I wish that would have gone like for 20 seconds more. I would have loved to have yeah. seen him have cake all over his face. Yeah. That was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that, like 10 seconds more we would have been great you know mm-hmm. um so the script version he says you know he talks about alice having a pretty tough road but she's holding up she seems relieved to get it all out in the open what are you doing she goes checking my calendar we missed the blood test yesterday and this and that swings me smack into the middle of soccer playoffs philip's second string forward uh, the week after that is mother's birthday and she's expecting a surprise party and Lee says, I get the idea. You're too busy to get married. That's okay. She goes, why is that okay? He starts thumb- thumbing through pages of his own calendar. We didn't think ahead. After the wedding comes the what? And she says, the honeymoon. You're right. We've got to get away from everybody. He goes, exactly. So we've got to schedule some vacation time together. They both cross to the master wall calendar. This is my rotation. He goes, this is mine. And the next time they intersect... And then Amanda says, is week after next, mother's birthday. Okay, the next time they intersect, Lee begins to flip the big calendar pages. One, two, three, four months. He lets them drop, disheartened. Amanda continues, says, you know what I think? He says, we're never going to make this happen. She says, nope. She's had enough surprise parties. I'll send her a card. He goes, now you're talking. And then <laughs> Amanda says, if I, if I find time to write one, Amanda finds a red marker on the desk and puts a big X on an upcoming date. Freeze frame, fade out. That was cute. I like that. She's had enough birthdays, surprise birthdays. <laughs> so that was cute. The cake was cute too. Yeah. I just wish they would have, like, what does it hurt to show, like, five more seconds, 10 more seconds? Right. You know, we could have had less, less fighting or less of them chasing each other around in those little carts, you know, just I let us see that. Hanging. And yeah. that scene at the beginning, another yeah. opportunity to take exactly. I was going to say, it's all about this bad editor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a little, like just a second more. Cause it, obviously that cake went into his face. There's no way she could have not yeah. gone in there. Yeah. So 
Mm-mm, I think. Anyways, that was cute. There's some squeamish moments in there, so it takes away from being like a top favorite. But again, like we said before, knowing what's coming, it's not bad. Yep. <laughs> right. It's all about context. It's all about what's to what's to come. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Anyways. So we selected some videos from the video vault that fit with the episode Rumors of My Death. This is one of the episodes with a wedding theme for the cute couple. And even a little bit of lead jealousy thrown in. So, a lot of fun. The first video is based on the song When You Say Nothing At All by Ronan Keating. With the video put together by Love SNK. And the second song is Lady by Kenny Rogers. One of my favorites. And a perfect fit for Amanda. And the creative uh, credit for this video goes to Westy Ray. So both of these are getting into the fun wedding themes. So we hope you enjoy those videos. Which can be found on YouTube. We provided links on our website at mkcpodcast.com in the show notes. Dottie's back with a couple of fanfic recommendations for this episode. The first is Rumors of My Death Tagalog by Amber Stockton. Come on, admit it. We all wanted at least another 30 seconds of the tag. What exactly did Amanda do with that cake? Dottie's second recommendation is Something to Think About by Strength 23. The story was written in April 2020 and has about 5,300 words. You always want what you can't have, right, Joe? We hope you enjoyed these recommendations. As always, we'll provide links on our website in the show notes. So thank you, everyone, for joining us as we chatted about the episode, Rumors of My Death. We look forward to discussing bad timing next time. If you haven't already, join our MKC Facebook group for more detailed discussions and episode information and visit our website, Twitter, and Facebook pages at MKC Podcast. Take care, and until next time, here's the MKC lady signing off. Bye. 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 Bye.